Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. It's always, it's a Monday. You know, it's, a, it's a Monday after the Kelsey Bowl Monday, where we were all winners, I guess we could say. Uh, it was a Monday after a tough midweek game, but a strong Saturday game for the basketball team. It is a Monday where the football program still churning towards year one of Coach Satterfield. It is also a Monday where I get to sit back, talk with my guys who know everything about Bearcat sports, up, down, over, and around. That's right. Let's welcome in my guys, my pals, my partners. That's right. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? If I was any better, I'd be twins, Brent. Okay. Okay. Ryan, how are we? Doing great. Uh, loving the weather outside today. Did a little river run, so got to enjoy that Ohio River that's now been poisoned by that vinyl chloride. So yeah, got all those toxic fumes in my lungs, ready to go. About to get a little, a little breakdown of that later on in the show. Aaron, Aaron, how are we? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with somebody's mic here, but I think it got got figured out. So uh, no, doing well. Excited to see what we talk about tonight. Well, I, I mean, we've got a fifth member of the guest right now. It's it, this is a big time, big time guest. That's right. The the baseball season for your Bearcats baseball team fires up this week. That's right. It's here. It's upon us at Georgia State. So you know what? None other than Coach Googs himself. Coach Googs, how are we? We're doing great. Appreciate you guys having me uh me on your on your uh, podcast. There we go, Chad. Introduce us. So we uh, we we have a a wonderful relationship with the UC baseball program. We are the the only independent outlet that covers baseball. We have the our own baseball board at Bearcat Journal. Jeff Gentle does a phenomenal job covering the baseball team. And I was uh, talking to somebody at UC today about getting us a guest for tonight, and it was like, you know what? We haven't had him on yet. Now is uh, no better time than now to kick things off with baseball season about to start usually you guys start midweek don't you because i know i've thought about having you on before and it's like oh crap they're they're already on the road or uh once this thing gets started there's there's no let up in baseball season now once it it gets started uh really this this weekend uh february 17th and then after that next week we won't have a midweek game just because of the the weather but following that i think march 1st we're going to try to have a our home opener against miami of ohio on that Tuesday, and then we'll have a, a weekend series. But, you know, weather, weather dictates that we have to go south a little bit first couple weekends. To be honest with you, we should probably go down a little bit longer, but uh, we try to get those home games and, and get on our field. And uh, So we'll, we'll, that, we're pretty ambitious that third week trying to get, uh, get in our stadium. It's one thing I've learned with, with dealing with head coaches over the years. You want to get to them before the season starts because once, this, once that first pitch is thrown – you guys become a different animal. There's off-season head coach, and then there's in-season head coach, and they are not the same person. They aren't. And like I said, when you when you play 56 games in in you know 14 weeks, it's you're you're you know jumping to do scouting reports and video and all that stuff, and then you play and you're traveling. It's it gets uh, it gets pretty hectic for sure. Year six, coach. Go ahead and just break down kind of kind of the feelings that you've had going into year six now as this is the, the last season in the AAC. You've got the Big 12 on the horizon. 
kind of just how you've been able to tackle each year. And, and now this is a, this is kind of an interesting one as you close the book on, on one set of teams that you've gotten to know throughout the years. And now you're getting ready to open up a new book next season, but you've got to close this one strong. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'll take a step back a little bit. It is year six. Uh, you know, again, I, I felt like after the 2019 season, we were on a really good trajectory. Um, you know, the 2020 we get 15 games under our belt and COVID hits and it kind of shuts everything down. And, you know, the, the next two years wasn't as, um, you know, again, as productive as we wanted to. And, and uh, you know, kind of the theme this year is reset. We're hitting the reset button. And I, I know that we have one more year in the American. Our goal is to win the American Conference this year. But we're also trying to reset to make sure that we're ready once we get in the Big 12 to get back to Bearcat baseball, getting back to the fundamentals. Uh, you know, again, sometimes I was lost a little bit in the last last two years. And, you know, we had great players and we lost a lot of really good players from last year. We lost 11 seniors, some guys transferred. Um, and, and we feel really good about uh, about this this squad this year. And, and to your point, you know, going into the sixth year, uh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. I think we're going to, you know, really uh, have a good year. You know, we weren't pro projected well uh, in our conference, which, again, has fueled our, our, our team. Uh, our guys have a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. Uh, obviously, last year didn't leave a best, the best taste in our mouth. I thought we had a good team. You look at our offensive numbers, we, we threw up some really good numbers, had some really good leadership, but we didn't get the results we wanted. Uh, so this year, we're really hitting the reset. We had a good fall. Uh, worked hard. Guys been been working. Uh, we've been pushing them more so than, than we have in the last uh, couple years. Um, but uh, again, they've responded well. They, they, you know, again, we feel really good going into this weekend. Uh, another thing that's been nice uh, th this um, this spring, our, our official practice started on January 27th. We've been outside more this year than I think we've we've ever been out. And and I'll, I'll say that for me as a coach. Uh, we've every time we've scrimmaged, we've been outside this year. You know, a lot of times we'll have to go in the bubble, uh, this or that. But we have not. We've been in the bubble one time this this spring. Uh, now, again, it, some of them were a little questionable. It was a little cold. I came home. My wife's like, you guys weren't outside. I'm like, oh, yeah, we were. And uh, but, you know, we, we've been able to get out and scrimmage. Uh, you know, it was unfortunate NCAA rules. We had to give them today off because today was beautiful. Uh, but we're going to, you know, we'll get it back outside tomorrow and, and uh, Wednesday. And then we head down to Atlanta Thursday morning and, and we'll get down and, and practice at Georgia State uh, Thursday night. And then we strap it on on Friday. How do you feel like that obstacle presents itself as opposed to like other members of the AAC where they're in Florida and can practice outside all year long or move into the Big 12 where a lot of schools are down in Texas and can also practice all year long? It, it's it's an advantage for them, but again, we can't you can't use it. You can't take that mentality. We're in a great conference right now, baseball wise, and we're gonna we're moving into a really good conference with the Big Twelve. So we you can't you can't look at that. Uh, you know, again, obviously they're they're building a new football indoor facility, which we'll be able to to use. But uh, you know, the turf, I, you know, having turf is a big equalizer too. And, and we're getting new turf this this summer. You know, the university's putting some money into the into our facility, redoing the, the turf, doing some stuff with the um, with the fence, and then we're also putting a new video board in. But that turf, being able to get outside is uh, is big. It, it really is. So, so sometimes it's a little bit colder, but you know, even even like this weekend, going down to uh, 
Atlanta. I think Friday's going to be a little chilly. It, it says high is 60, but I think that's going to be at midnight. You know, we're playing yeah. at three, I think at three in the afternoon, it's going to be low 40s. So it's going to be a little chilly too. So uh, even though they're able to get out and stay outside all the time, and, and you're right, it, it still gets a little cold. We've been in Houston when it's been cold and really doesn't get that cold in Florida, but it does in ECU <laughs> and in uh, some of those places. So, um, you know, you just can't, you can't let that be a crutch. You can't let that be an excuse. And you've got to turn that into your advantage when they come up to our place when it's cold. And, and last year we played Houston at our place. And quite honestly, we, uh, you know, again, and, and Houston's got a tough team. I think we just out toughed them. It was it was around 35 degrees, and their guys didn't want to be there. And our we got meatheads out there with short sleeves on, and you know, just love and, it. And we took it to them, you know. And so sometimes it works in your in your favor, also. So you you mentioned reset, but obviously losing players like Griffin Merritt and Paul Comastek. I hope I'm saying that right, but yep. It, have you kind of been leaning heavily on multi-year starters like Cole Harding and Carrington Cross and Ryan Nicholson to be that that little you know bridge to what was the past and now this reset, but kind of leaning on them to continue what they've been doing? Absolutely, and it, it's interesting because you know you know again Griffin Merritt Player of the Year had 19 home runs, uh, you know Paul Komasek, you know best one of our better hitters. You know, I think it's crazy to say, but we have a chance to be a little bit more uh, more offensive than we were last year. I know that sounds crazy, but we're a little bit more dynamic. Uh, Carrington Cross has had a really good uh, preseason for us. Um, you know, we've moved him from third base out to, to left field. You know, Cole Harding's a junior now. Uh, he, he's ha- he's swinging the bat well. And, and Ryan Nicholson's preseason all for, you know, all conference at first base. So I, to your point, we are, but we have some guys stepping up too that uh, it's been really neat to see. And some of them are young guys. We, we have a good mixture of upperclassmen, even though we lost a lot. And we have a good group of freshmen that are hungry. And, and a lot of times when you have freshmen, they're really just concerned about playing and traveling. This group is, is a, it's a special group. They, they want to win. And, you know, they, they, they talk about it like, they, they want to play, but they're like, hey, man, if I'm not playing, I, we just want to win. And same thing with the upperclassmen. They've done a really good job with our leadership, but they've also given those younger guys a voice. And so we're we're a little bit more cohesive than we have been in the past. It's not not divided, uh, you know, at all. But that, that it has been, um, you know, been, been interesting to see, uh, you know, and from a pitching standpoint, you know, we did. We lost our Friday guy in Bo Keithley and, and our Sunday guy, Tristan Weaver, but we feel that our pitching staff is 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 going to be better this year, and that really is going to have to be, um, you know, we have to be better on the mound. And you know, right now going into this weekend, you know, we we have picked some some starters. We, you know, uh, uh, Garrett Harker is going to start on Friday for us. We got a freshman, uh, Chase Horse, is going to play the uh, pitch the first game of the doubleheader. And then um, Dylan Broski is going to pitch the, the the third game. Fourth game, we're just going to see, you know, what what pitching we have left. Uh, you know, we schedule four games on on the first weekend for a couple different reasons. One, our pitchers, uh, we're not going to extend too much, so we're we're, we're going to throw a lot of guys, and so a lot of guys are going to get out there, get their spikes in the dirt, and uh, see what they can do. But I, I feel really good about 
you know, where we're at uh, pitching wise in, in our depth, uh, you know, not only those starters, but, you know, we've got some veteran guys coming back in relief roles, Jackson Murphy, Max Bergman, uh, Zach Siegel, Alec uh, Shea has been really, he's a, he's a big lefty force. He's been, he's been throwing the ball really well uh, this spring, same with uh, Chase Hopewell. So we're, we're excited to see those, those uh, returners come back and, and really they've made a jump from last year. But we have some young freshmen that uh, are going to be on the mound too. Tommy Boba, uh, Griffin Hugis, uh, uh, Brendan Garula from from Mason. We got some of those guys that are going to be be getting a lot of quality innings for us also. So um, it, it's going to be a, a good year on the mound for us. Shay, I think I grew up with his uncle Brian, or his dad Brian. Dad, that's his the dad. Whole, the, the whole crew went to St. Henry. Yes, and I'm a, I'm an Erlanger. I went to Lloyd, so uh, familiar with the Shea family really well. When I saw him, it was like, well, there's a bunch, there's like a hundred of them. I, yeah, from what I, it's like, well, which, okay, great, which one is he? He's, <laughs> he's a great story because again, I think uh, when he was in uh, middle school or a freshman in high school, he had he battled cancer and he's overcome that, and and uh, you know he came on and and uh, you know his freshman year, I think. He was probably about six three and a you know about a buck fifty, and now he's really filled out and he's throwing the ball 94, 95 miles an hour, and and uh, he's pounding the zone. So he he's he's going to be a, a good story for us this year. And you talk about that freshman class. You've got some kids that have won at a pretty high level, right? Both high school and uh, in travel ball. So that that kind of bridges that gap a little easier doesn't it when you've got guys that, that have experienced winning at a pretty high level already it does you know in, in our recruiting philosophies we, we want to try to keep the local guys here uh if we can but but to your point though it's it's really good to get guys that that win you know we've got quite a few mason kids we've got quite a few Baden. we got three kids from baden on our team and those those teams are you know those those teams are in the in the finals uh, of the state every year and you want guys from those you, you want good players but you want from good programs too because they know what it takes to win because winning is a skill and, and sometimes that's overlooked especially in baseball when you have all these showcases and you, you go and a guy lights a radar going up throwing 92 93 or you can hit vp you know we're looking for ball players and, and we feel like we've got a really good mix of ball players you mentioned the oh go ahead there I was just gonna say, yeah, you bring up trying to find ball players. What's a what's it been like recruiting now that you have the Big Twelve kind of able to point at the logo, saying you know it's going to be a newer, bigger, better conference? And B has baseball really been affected by NIL at all? Well, first with the Big Twelve, we have you know again it it it's opened a little bit more, uh, a couple more doors, but it really hasn't. Uh, we haven't really landed a lot with it. I, I think once. I think really once uh, we get in the conference, that's going to happen a little bit more. Um, and, and again, just with with basketball and football being ahead of us in terms of th that, that's where the high profiles and people are like, oh, hey, UC's in, in the Big 12. And they, you know, because even now we talk to recruits, they're like, oh, really? Like they, and to me, it's like a huge news. Like, I, I you know, how these people don't know, I, I you know, I don't understand, but um it's it's still educating them you know and I, I would say the same thing is even when you talk about the american conference they don't realize that you know how good ecu is or you know central florida or houston tulane they you know like th those are really good baseball schools and and so um even you know with the big 12 they don't realize how good that baseball is 
So uh, uh, NIL, there, yeah. there is some in there, you know, uh, and, and to, to us right now, looking at what we want to do, we're, we're trying to do it more on the uh, out of the portal. Uh, you know, we, we uh, try to try to get the, the I, I like the four year guys like the guys out of high school. I really do. But we, you know, we, you know, try to solve some of our, our, our you know, shortcomings out of the portal. There are a lot of really good players, especially from the Cincinnati area that leave and then they come back. Uh, we've got a couple of those guys. I, I don't like to say rebound guys, but quite honestly, that's what it is. They think the grass is greener elsewhere. And it's like, hey, man, we've got a great, great thing going here at UC. Uh, you know, awesome growing right now, going to Big 12 uh, here. But, um, again, getting some of those guys to come back, it's been big. But we're looking to more on, on that end of it. It's not crazy money like you see in basketball and football. You know, some of that money being thrown around, it's like, holy smokes. Um, but we're, we're looking, you know, more at, you know, the, the transfer portal portal with guys. Yeah. I, I, this I, is, this is a little off the, off the beaten path here, but has there ever been, or is, has there been any talk of recent that indicates maybe baseball going to more of a full scholarship model from the NCAA? Is that the conversation being had? There is there. They, they've been talking about that. They're, they're talking about maybe going to 27 scholarships. Um, you know, full full rides, um, and then you'd have your your eight uh, walk-ons. You you're, keep your thirty-five man roster, but yeah, there there has been talk with it. Uh, it's been a little bit of a the, the big glitch is probably Title Nine because you know then, then you have to add what, yeah what what, uh, what sport are you going to be able to increase? You know, Big Twelve softball is really big, um, and it's been interesting because you know going into the Big Twelve, they have not said that. You know, UC has to get a, a softball team. But, uh, you know, again, that's where even with softball, you don't have the, the numbers like you do in baseball, um, just for whatever reason. But uh, I don't know what sport would be able to offset the the uh, increase of, of uh, scholarships. Maybe women's lacrosse. We yeah. got that. Maybe yeah. You could do that. Yeah. Uh, how about gonna, how about that? Wait, I guess yeah. I got one more question yeah. on that. Yeah. What about like uh, with your coaching staff? I know I see all the time, kind of like all the amount of support staff we have just for football. It's just absolutely absurd. And I just like I've always been a big supporter of the movement behind helping the guys on your staff and helping add some more help because I know just it's probably a big burden on all those assistants you guys have trying to cover all those corners and not getting paid enough money. I, I didn't know if you heard anything about that movement. Yeah. You know, again, like right now they, they're, uh, they're, they're uh, eliminating the, the volunteer. Uh, and again, you'll be able to pay. So that's a good thing. We have to just go through the, uh, the steps. Uh, I'm not sure when that's going to, going to happen, but that that's been one of them. Uh, you know, we have a big, uh, we just, uh, Thomas Gentile, who's a former Bearcat baseball player, is now our strength and conditioning coach. And he came from from uh, Coastal Carolina. He's done an unbelievable job. He, he just took the job here in uh, after Christmas break. And it's only been five weeks, but our guys love him. I've seen a big difference. So that's a that's a huge part of uh, as I talk about, like the three prongs besides the coaches is, is your athletic trainer. We got a guy, Brian Jett, who's who's top notch. He does a great job with keeping our guys healthy, keeping communication with me on what's going on. Um, then you have Thomas Gentile with, uh, with the, the uh, strength and conditioning. And then yet we have the, the mental aspect with the Lanisha. 
uh, mental health is is really pretty pretty crucial too. So we're we're very fortunate with that. Um, you know, we're trying to expand with with trying to get some more people uh, to to coach and the and the the baseball uh, committees are trying to get that with um, you know the NCAA and, and universities. It just kind of it's it's slow right now to be honest with you, Ryan. Yeah. I was looking to go back to the uh, roster for a little bit. It, you, you know, you mentioned the the transfers having previous connection to Cincinnati. I, two of them kind of stick out to me because uh, obviously, when it comes to the football and, and basketball, you throw around the hometown heroes. Yeah. You know, calling them that is, sure. is that kind of the, the the approach you took with like a Loudon Brooks who you know went to yeah. Texas Tech and was at McNick High School, and then same with like a Corey Klingenbach who went JUCO but yeah. former elder kid. Yeah, we, you know, again, we, now Corey, we didn't get a chance to see because he was, uh, you know, his senior year was, he lost because of COVID. He went off to junior college and, and is really, he's grown. Uh, he, he's tearing it up. He's doing really well for us. Um, we were really all over uh, loud, you know, early on and, and he committed to Kentucky and then he decommitted and, and we thought we were going to get back in there and get him to be a Bearcat and he ended up going to Texas Tech, but we're really pleased to have him. He's going to be a, a big part of what we're doing uh, this year and moving forward. You know, he's very versatile, uh, plays shortstop, but quite honestly, right now, Cam Gittry just, you know, going over, you know, some of the veteran guys back, Cam Gittry's kind of leading right now uh, to be our shortstop. He kind of was our shortstop at the end of the year last year. Uh, Loudon right now, second base. Uh, again, he, he can play third base. So he's going to be a big part, uh, you know, being in the lineup. Uh, and with, with our guys, we have about, 14, 15 guys right now, uh, you know, position player wise that we're going to do a lot of moving around just just because of they're versatile, but also on matchups. Guys are, you know, whether it's a left hand pitcher, right handed pitcher, you know, different things. But uh, we have the luxury of being able to move those guys around um, uh, with that. And so it's going to be good. Like, like I said, Loudon Brooks being back here is going to be a big, big plus for us. And any other transfers that have kind of looking like they might be be making a, an impact their first year on campus? Well, yeah, you know, Dylan Broski, he's going to be – he's he's a right-handed pitcher for us. He's going to pitch that third game. He, You know, whether he's going to be our Sunday guy or Saturday guy, I'm not sure. We're still waiting for Connor Lynn, who who pitched on, on Fridays for us last year. He's, he's coming back from a sore arm. So when he gets back, we'll see what that does with our rotation. Uh, but Mitch White's another guy, right-handed power pitcher, uh, that that he's going to be uh, – it's interesting because I think he might be at the end of the game. We, I, I don't want to say closer yet, but that's kind of – like he's got electric stuff. He's 92 to 94. He's got a good slider, so he could be that kind of grooming him to, to maybe be there. Uh, but he – you know, being a transfer, that that's a big piece, especially on the mound. Then we have Nick McClanahan who, uh, is, again, he's going to eat some innings up for us. So those three guys right there, uh, you know, besides Loudon and, and uh, uh, Corey, are gonna, you know, gonna help us on the mound. Uh, so yeah, the, I think all the guys that that have transferred in are gonna be impact guys. Before I get to my question, I want to address a couple of comments here. Um, somebody said in the chat, "UC baseball is more exciting than the Reds." Thought you'd appreciate that, Coach. Um, and then also, uh, Thrifty Walrus was super excited to see Joey Weimer ranked as a top 100 prospect on MLB Pipeline, and that can't hurt recruiting either. No, Joey is. I mean, he is. He's awesome. And again, I'm. I'm hoping he gets up in the big leagues this year. 
Uh, you know, same thing with Cam Aldred. You know, he he made a uh, a spot starter, got some innings last year, but I'm I'm hoping he's up up there this this spring. So I'm excited for those guys. Um, but Joey is a man. He's been working hard. He came back after uh, you know the, the the pro season. He worked out with us a little bit in the fall. Man, guys gravitate towards him, and he's he's electric. I mean, he is a big boy, and he just man, he he can hit that ball, and, and uh, he he's explosive. So I'm I'm hoping that yeah that Joey gets a chance this year. I'm really excited for him. And same with Ryan Noda. I forgot about Ryan Noda's got a chance. I mean, it, it's going to be a good year for the Bearcats in the pro, you know, pros. Um, you know, Josh Harrison came back the other day. We had our first pitch reception, but he wasn't able to make it. But he came back and, and was in the office for a little bit talking and, and Ian Happ, uh, you know, with the Cubs. So I, I'm excited to see how those, those Bearcats and the pros do. Now, uh, last year uh, on our Tuesday night show, we actually had uh, Griffin Merritt on with us. And we understand he left for Tennessee to go pursue his yep. dream of being a dentist. Um, with that said, uh, do you have anybody who is uh, filling in that leadership role that you're looking for, leaning into to fill that leadership role? Anybody who you're looking to fill the the hole in the lineup with the the pop of his bat? I mean, 19 home runs is nothing to be sure. shy about. Um, well, and I'm also, not, is I'm it? Sure, I'm not sure you replace a guy like Griffin Mayer. He he's a, <laughs> he's a great great young man. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does down at Tennessee. Uh, again, we're wishing him all the best. You know, he 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 was very productive for us not only last year but over his his four year career here at UC. So, uh, but we we do we've had some guys step up. Um, you know, really, our, our captains this year are Cam Sheeler, who's one of our, our catchers, um, uh, Garrett Harker, uh, a starting pitcher for us, and and Cole Harding, our center fielder. Uh, so th those guys, and again, not all of them are seniors, but we have some seniors. That uh, now Cam Sheeler is a senior, but Ryan Nicholson is is a leader, and he's done a really good job uh, leading. I think he could be that guy, and I, I don't want to put pressure on him. Say he could be that guy, but he could, you know, he. I think he had 12 home runs last year. I think he could do that. Uh, he's really good defensively at first base, uh, but he, his leadership's been off the charts. And same thing with JP Sponseller. Uh, you know, those, those guys. Uh, you know, they've been really good with with. Uh, like I said, connecting with the young guys, showing them how to do things, leading by example, but also being very verbal, very positive with them. Uh, the, the leadership's been, been very good. Uh, the productivity, I think, is going to be there, too, um, you know, with with uh, Ryan and JP and uh, Cole and, and uh, Carrington Cross, who's, who's been swinging the bat really well. So, um, you know, we've got a couple other guys. A, a guy that's uh, kind of a dark horse is Tommy O'Connor. He's a left-handed pitcher for us. And he plays first base, but he can, he can, he bounces a lot of balls off fifth third. Uh, and that, I mean, okay. he can, can, he can bang it around a little bit and, and just to, to see how, you know, where, wherever he plays, uh, you know, once we get, get our, our roles more defined, because right now we, we don't, you know, we have, like I said, 14, 15 guys that are really going to see a lot of action the first couple of weeks and we'll see how it goes. Same thing with our pitching staff. We've got about, 14 guys that uh, we feel very good about throwing. And so we, we just have to find out what the roles are. Now, do you think the shot ski and other shenanigans are going to continue without Griffin Merritt here? Uh, probably. I just, good, just go in baseball. And, and a lot of times those guys have, if they're, uh, they're on the bench, they got a lot of time to think and they're, 
there'll there'll be some there'll be some shenanigans for sure. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gotta like, have the shenanigans. You gotta you gotta, you gotta <laughs> keep it loose. You know, you want to have structure. You want to be disciplined, but you know, it's a game, and you want them to have a good experience. And quite honestly, they play harder and do better when 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 they are more relaxed and having some fun out there. Maybe maybe we'll get Royer down there for a game or two to be the uh, unofficial <laughs> mascot. He'll keep oh it light for you. Just if, don't if make me fan, any more of a clown than I already am, Chad. Just be careful if there's a fan in the clubhouse. He likes to put people's heads in fans. <laughs> hey, I'll stick right in 12's corner, man. That's my home. That's, that's I love a good it over spot. There. That's yeah. a good spot to be in. Yep. Um, Proud of it. A throwback to last year that that I'm interested in your thoughts on. How cool was it having Sauce? support you guys the way that he did last year he was at a bunch of games he was signed every autograph took every picture like he is such a good kid and and he had a lot of impact on baseball it felt like last year he did unbelievable ambassador to the to to uc he really is and and it was awesome for him to come out and and, uh, throw out that first pitch and because it, it great talking to him. He's like, you know, he was talking about maybe he should have played baseball a little bit and all that stuff. And so he went down the bullpen and all of a sudden my, my pitching coach goes, you better watch out because he's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so he came in and he threw that pitch and, and even Fick was all over him because he, he threw a little bit wide. I said, man, you there's no way you could play. And he just had a big old <laughs> grin on his face. Great kid, though. I mean, to your point, there were times – uh, I felt bad for him. At, he'd come to games, and, and next thing you know, people would find out who he was, and they were just – I'm sitting in the dugout, and you could just see these kids just hovering over him. And, and to your point, he signed every autograph. He was yeah, awesome. But uh, he did, and that that helped. I mean, you know, we, we set some records last year with attendance, and, and uh, you know, again, I, that that's part of, you know, the Bearcat fans, you know, feeding off of uh, football and basketball and just, you know, just being out there. But – he helped. He helped that for sure, you know, and, and uh, very appreciative of, of him to, to be out the games, but also throwing out that first pitch and just talk with him. He was great on the in the dugout. And it, it was good. People don't get to see that side of him much, but for his his persona, for what people think of him, he is the most quiet, humble, down to earth kid. He's done a great job marketing himself. Yeah. Who he is as a, and Ryan can attest to this too. Who he is as a player, but the minute he steps off the field, like he is, he's just the nicest, most humble, like normal guy. He is, and and again, he to your point, he was a fan. He's a baseball fan. Like he was really into. Like here he is. He's gonna be the draft pick all seven. He was just enjoying baseball, you know, enjoying his college life and just experiencing all that stuff. And it, it he is a very very humble kid. I mean, it's it, down to earth isn't even the right word. And, and uh, it just, he was awesome. He, he and that really, was a crazy time for him. Yes. Like that's the, the weeks and the days leading up to the draft. <clears throat> boss is like, no, I'm, I'm at the UC baseball game. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come find you later, but I, I'm at the Calling UC up baseball in the track game hawk. for a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> Parking outside the stadium in the tra- track <laughs> hawk. Yep. Yeah. Just- yeah, just big time and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a uh, baseball question, Gooks. The the sexy terms in in the majors are you know saber metrics and launch angle and you know this that and the other. Throw them all out there. 
How how much is that involved with the college baseball side of things, or is it kind of a different approach, or is it? Awesome? No, it, it, it's a lot. You know, uh, we've been very lucky. We've had some really good uh, analytics guys that have done analytics for us. Uh, you know, one of them, which just uh, he just got a job with the the Washington Nationals. He he left us. We have another one who's with, uh, uh, you know, with with the Diamondbacks. But it, it's 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 big. You know, we, we try to. You know, I don't want our guys getting caught up in the launch angle numbers and in the exit velocity and stuff like that. But they they all, I mean, our pitchers, they they you know when they're throwing, they want to know what their spin rate is, and it, it's it's a tool. It, it's a tool, and we try not to you know go overboard on it, but it, it we use it. We use it quite a bit, um, and that's why I think you see a lot of lot of lot of uh, offense in in college baseball because they do do use a lot of that stuff. Whereas before, uh, you know, they 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 didn't they didn't measure it, didn't use it. We've got TrackMan, and we we talk to our guys about different things, and uh, you know, we don't sit there and say hit the ball in the air. We we want to hit line drives, you know, and and so, but you know, you you put good swings on and get the barrel on the ball, and sometimes it jumps out of the ballpark. You know, I think we're one of the three teams that had over 80 home runs and 80 stolen bases. And and so to, to me, we want to be really dynamic offensively. And I think that this year we're going to be more dynamic. Last year, I thought we were a little bit one-sided and just in terms of the long ball, I think we're going to still hit a lot of long, you know, home runs that we're not a home run hitting team. But I think we will hit a lot, but we're, we're trying to create a lot more pressure with slashes, bunts, hit and runs, uh, stealing bases, then uh, because uh, you know you can't you can live and die on the on the home run. It's like it's like a uh, you know sometimes a, a basketball team that all they do is shoot threes. Well, it's good when you're hitting them, but if you're not, you got to be able to score other ways. And I think we're going to be able to score in a lot of different ways this year. Major League Baseball made news today as they are instilling new rules as far as banning the shift and uh, keeping the ghost runner in the extra innings and bigger bases. Uh, is that something that you think college is going to adapt in turn or even like the pitch clock and all of that? Like, is that something well, we, you think? We're going to have a pitch clock. And I, I would say that this is my, my, and again, take it for whatever it is. I think if they do it the big league level, we should do it in college. Like, I, I don't know why, like, because if that is what we want to do, that is the, that's baseball. It's highest level. Like, why would we not adapt some of the things that they do? Yeah. I mean, that, that to me is that, if, if that's, you know, it, it's not, we're not pro baseball because, it, but I'm just saying like if the, the bases, if it's, you know, the, the, the shifts, all that stuff, if, if they're saying that this is what's best for baseball, then, then we should adapt that too, you know, because they do do oh, talk about, you know, they did it in the minor leagues with having uh track man do the, the strike zone and the umpires don't even you know they're just out there. There's a piece in their ear, strike one. Like they're they don't even have to call it. So you're taking a lot of that. You know, you have we have replay, um, which you do in the big leagues. I, I think if you you just kind of mimic or mirror what the big leagues are doing, I, I'm fine with it. I really am. You know, it's it's because uh, I think that's what you're trying to do is get that 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 brand of baseball. Nobody's fine with the ghost runner. Come on. No, 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 we, we don't. You know, we have that option though sometimes. And every time, every time we go in, like at the at home plate, say extra innings, you want to start with the man second base. And I always say no. And everybody I've played, they always say no. Really? It's yeah. dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. I Wait, so it. the option is there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, dang. 
I was going to ask you, you kind of like alluded to it about the the strike zone replay. They're kind of adapting that in the minors. Uh, is that something that you do or do not want to see brought to college if it, if it was uh, ever on the chopping block? I, I, I'd like it. I would like it. And I, the reason is one, I hope no umpires are watching. Umpires are terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, it, it just, you know, I know there's a shortage, but I mean, there's a shortage and there's, and they're terrible. And, um, cause we have track man. And what we do is we track like how many balls were in strikes that they called balls and how many balls were out of the strike zone that they called strikes. And we, you know, we, we grade our umpires and, you know, we found that like they're 87%. That's a pretty good umpire. And, you know, we'll, we'll get guys that are in the seventies. I'm like, this is, you know, we're paying them. It's a high level baseball. Like your job as an umpire is to make sure that the game runs smoothly, not affected by, right. you know, it just, so I, I, I would, I'd rather see it, um, uh, you know, again, if it was efficient, I don't want it to slow the game down and stuff like that. But if it was, if there was a way that you could do it, I, I'm for it. I mean, like uh, some examples are in high school basketball, no shot clock. Like oh, some states, uh, like if one final score in Indiana was four to four two. two, four to two. Yeah, uh, it's just it's, it's incredible. Good it's slightly better than a GCL South game. <laughs> my, my son plays. My son plays in the GCL man, and I, I watch some of those games. It's like, oh boy, yeah. But it's insane. But uh, kind of along the same lines as you mentioned, uh, why not mimic the pros if yeah. you know? Because some some players, I, I I hope all players, their their goal is not only you know win the AAC and win championships, but it's to get to the big league as well. Yeah. So I, is is that something that you recruit and, and, and look for in players that the desire to take their game to the next level as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, that's one of the first things I say is I you know we're looking for guys that want to play at the next level. If you don't have that ambition, you're 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 going the wrong program. You know, uh, obviously they're student athlete. The student comes first. You're going to go to class. We're going to do that stuff. But you want guys guys that want to play at the next level. You know, NCAA. You're allowed 20 hours a week right now. Those guys are in there longer. They're in the cages more than 20 hours. Like they're you know you don't have to tell them, hey man, you need to go hit. You need to go lift because they they're they're trying to get to the next level. They're gonna they're gonna work harder. And so I think it's a big piece of it. I do. And we want those guys. Yeah, your team's only going to be better with guys like that. Yeah. Last night, the Bearcat Bowl, as I called it. I know a lot of people called it the Kelsey Bowl. Um, What do you think that does for recognition of UC to have two guys that front and center, to have two guys that uh, personally, I, I said today on the radio, I'm opening the conversation that Jason Kelsey is the best center in the history of the sport of football. Um, and, and Travis is going to end up the best tight end in the history of football. Brian Cook, uh, I don't know how much you got yep. to know Brian, but just an awesome, awesome guy. Gets his Super Bowl, first Super Bowl ring. What, what does it do for the brand to have that much, like, Bearcat, like, propaganda, and that free propaganda in everybody's face for two weeks? I think it's huge. Uh, again, anytime you – you because, again, you want – people that are coming out of here that are winners, not only winning here, but winning, you know, at the next level. And I, to your point, anytime it's, it's out there, I, you know, the bit, the biggest one I saw was, was last year or two years ago when, when uh, football was in the final four, you know, yeah. I mean, all the our recruits are just like, Oh my God, every, every time I turn on sports center and, 
and it, it's it's in your face, and I think it's awesome. And I, I think the Kelsey boys are, I mean, they're they're great ambassadors to the to, to the university, and and uh, I mean, they do it the right way, and and I mean, I, I think it's awesome. Did you in watch 20... last night? Oh yeah, yep, yep. Did did you did you have a favorite brother? It's Jason. Don't lie. <laughs> I, I, I hate saying I, I, I don't. I don't know who I was rooting for because I I, I didn't you know um, I don't know because I I, I like Mahomes and, and and Travis but I also I like I think Jalen Hurts' story is awesome you know we just I talked about Harris. the other day uh, you know Lee Sponseller had a uh, we we had a, a thing about being a good teammate and we showed the clip about him getting benched in the national championship and what he did the next year and mm-hmm. just you know just talking about because I, I think we have a lot of talent and that's gonna that can happen you know and how you respond to it i think that guy's a, a winner you know and and uh his story is awesome so i you know you kind of all of a sudden start rooting for him a little bit because of what he's gone through and man how great would it be to this guy got benched in the national championship now he's winning a super bowl and uh, it, there's there's a lot of storylines that uh, you, you like to see, but I thought it was a, I thought it was an awesome game. I, I did. I mean, it was it was fun to watch. Um, you know, I'm not sure how Jalen fumbled that ball where they scooped and scored. I mean, I was like 21. I'm like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, but, yeah. But that that's football, you know. That was Brian Cook second for most FaceTime of the night. Uh, <laughs> he, he followed that guy up, yeah. ran him into the end zone. And then the other big moment he had was uh, on the punt return. Yep. Uh, he was running down as a protector on the punt return. Convoy. Yeah, was 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 right next to the to the the play as it went out of bounds or got got tackled or whatever. But uh, well, who who were you rooting for? So I don't. I, I I'm sure people are tired of hearing this. I named my daughter uh, Kelsey. I was flying. I was flying. <laughs> uh, it was in 2010. So I've explained to her many times, uh, you were named after Jason, uh, and she claims to be named after Travis. And I said, well, honey, Travis Duncan, 2010. Uh, so I didn't name you after the bad one. I named you after the good one. Um, but she has become a, a, a Chiefs fan, like a diehard Chiefs fan, and like loves Travis. Um, but surprisingly, before the game, she said that uh, Jason's career was winding down. And that she wanted Jason to win the Super Bowl because this might be his last chance. And, of course, she thinks Travis is going to be back there every year. So Travis is going to have more chances to win. So then when the game started, of course, she's a Chiefs fan. So she started pulling for the Chiefs. And the natural instinct takes over. And I told her this would happen. I'm like, look, that's your team. Like, you know, you can cheer for them. And then they got to the end. uh, and, And right after the kick, the field goal is made. They show Jason and he's on the sidelines and his head's down and you can tell like the reality is setting in. And I looked over and she's like welling up and you can see like the empathy coming from her. And I was like, you have feelings. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) You have feelings about other people. I'm taking a picture. Um, But she was like, no, I like, I, I genuinely wanted, like, I thought, you know, this was, if Jason could get one, Travis is going to get at least one more. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably not wrong. Like at some point, Mahomes is probably going to get another one. So it was really cool for me to see that from her. Um, I have a, like, I knew Jason better. So I always, and I, I still can like talk to Jason. Although now he's a little more big time 
these days than he used to be. Sure. Uh, a little harder to get a hold of. <laughs> but uh, so I was, I always pull for Jason just because knowing like who he is as a human, he's amazing. Just a great, great guy and down to earth and as genuine as you can be. So uh, I always pull for Jason, but I've got the, the, well, other than you can confirm this, Royer, Brian Cook, when he got here and had the dreads and looked like the Terminator. Predator. Predator, I mean, he's, he, yeah. he scared the shit out of me. He never <laughs> man, smiled. He scared me. Like he was an intimidating, like all business, like, and then you get to know him and he's also really cool, really down to earth, a great kid. So I, it's hard not to pull for any of those guys because you yeah. get to know them and know what they're all about. Um, and the Kelsey story this year with new heights and, yeah, you know, them kind of becoming mega stars, they're going to make, Five times more than they ever did in football. Really? Podcasting. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Pat McAfee. Yeah. His show just got a four-year, $100 million deal. And the Kelseys are blowing his numbers out of the water. Like, it's not even close. They were the number one, not the number one sports podcast. The two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, they were the number one podcast in the world. Bigger than Rogan. Bigger than NPR. Like, number one podcast in the world. That kind of value is unbelievable. I wonder how much that changes when they're not playing, though. Well, it'll, they'll, be, they'll, they'll, they'll go back they'll to regular where they were the number one sports podcast in the world. And they rep Sensi in every episode. Yeah, they do. Which is, which is we love that. awesome. So, Coach, I wanted to ask you about 2019 while we have you. Uh, yeah. f- first year the Bearcats make it to the College World Series since 1974. What was that run like? Obviously, one and two isn't how you want to end that. But but what was what was that like, that, that whole season, really? You know, it was uh, it was interesting because we, we started off and, and uh, we were having a, a decent year. And then we, we hit the skids a little bit. And uh, we had kind of had to circle the wagons and, and – uh, our guys really responded and, and started to believe in what we were doing and believe in one another. And it, it, it got magical, you know, it really did. And I, I just tell, you know, like when stuff like that happens, you just, as a coach, you just, you just drive the bus, man. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't tell them it. You just, you just keep patting them on the back and just make sure they're there for breakfast. And cause they were locked in and, uh, it was it was a, a really it, it was a neat experience um, because it was something that you just you can't bottle that up and uh, it was it was uh, fun to be a part of great group of guys that just bought into what we were doing they were they were believing in one another and and uh, got hot at the right time and, and people like ah oh, you guys got lucky it's like nah I mean that's when you want to be playing your best baseball or basketball or football whenever it is at the end of the season and that's when we were peaking and. Uh, it's just unfortunate we, we stubbed our toe a little bit in the regional. I thought we could have could have gone a little bit further, but uh, it was a, it was a good run. And um, like I said, to me, we we need to keep building on that. And you know, the COVID it kind of took away a little bit, and, and I think we're getting back to where where we need to be. To be honest with you, Real is quick, that that same cohesiveness you're kind of feeling this year that you were mentioning earlier? Uh, yeah, it is. It is, um, and, and you don't it, you don't always get that. Sometimes, especially you know, like again, I'm not saying our guys were selfish last year or anything like that, but it's tough when you got guys that are competing and playing at a high level, 
and they want to do well and they want to, you know, they want to win championships. They want to, you know, go pro. They want it. They're going to graduate. There's a lot of different factors that go into a lot of different interference. And next, you know, sometimes guys, they, they lose their focus a little bit or what, what they're after. And again, right now it's, it's early. We haven't had really had any adversity. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see how we, we uh, you know, we weather the storm on that, but this is a tough team. And going into the year, when you feel like you have a tough team, because we're gonna we're gonna be challenged, we're gonna have uh, you know some some adversity thrown at us. I think we're gonna respond well to it. I just have one last question about that 2019. I obviously the win over Oregon State was awesome. Watching that live, uh, you you face a player like like Adley Rushman, the you know college player of the year, and you know top prospect in baseball, this that and the other. What's what's the approach going into that game? Because I mean Oregon State was highly ranked and obviously yeah. you guys are the, the quote unquote underdog and you guys sure. kind of took it to them and per- really held held Adley down for the most part. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, originally when we got sent out there, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping we were going to be somewhere in the Midwest where, you know, our fans could come see us play. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, to be honest, it worked out to be the best because when we were out on the West coast, I couldn't believe how many people were at bars or whatever. Like I'm sitting there all of a sudden I see you guys playing Oregon state, you know, on, on TV and, and how much, you know, the, you know, the exposure really was for us playing that late game, because when you're playing the middle, middle days, uh, middle time during the day, there's a lot of games on TV. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a uh, unique that way, but, you know, going in there, our game plan was, was not to let, uh, you know, not let them beat us. And so, we get there and that place was electric and oh, yeah. when he came up, I mean, you, it was, it was, it was something else. And, and uh, so we just, we tried to stay away from him as much as we could. And uh, that lasted bad. I think we were up one run and, and uh, you know, he came up there and was a, the ninth inning. And at that point in time, I think he was so upset that I, I'm like, let's, let's go after. Plus we had our closer on there, you know, Corinne mm-hmm. Thompson was our guy. And I'm like, Hey man, let, let's, let's go after him. And, we popped the first pitch. He was anxious. He popped him up. We got lucky on that, you know. So, uh, but yeah, he, it was it was an awesome atmosphere. But man, what a great player! I mean, he he's in the big leagues for a reason. Yeah, helped my fantasy team out too. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, I, one last question I have for you: um, being a coach for Xavier University before you got to before. <laughs> Before you got to, to bring this up, before you got to the University of Cincinnati, yeah. Um, what obviously we know the crosstown shootout rivalry, but what yeah. is the rivalry like in baseball, and what has that been like for you internally? Um, I think it's it's very similar to the the crosstown shootout. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, a lot of the guys, both on Xavier and on UC, know each other. There's a lot of crossover, not only in high school, but you know, they play summer ball together. So uh, it, it gets, uh, it gets pretty heated. Uh, it does. Um, it's, um, you know, one of those you, basketball and football a little bit, especially in rivalry games, you get really jacked up, you get amped up and then you get, you get hit, you know, and also you're like, okay, let's just play football or okay. Let's just, <laughs> let's just play basketball in baseball. That doesn't happen. So sometimes you don't want guys getting too excited, but, because again, then they don't perform to their level because they're they're you know in their own way. But uh, it's it's a it's a trick. It's a slippery slope. Again, it's a it's a good rivalry. Uh, you know, Billy O'Connor does a great job over there. You know, he's an elder kid. I, I coached him. 
I love seeing his success. Uh, obviously, though, I you know again don't want to lose to him, and and uh, but it, it's it's a good rivalry, and it, it there you know there's a lot on it. So it's there's there's no uh, I mean it's it's usually pretty heated. I love those games. I, I went to all the X games, but you guys got to kick their ass this year, please. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't stand some of the ways they yeah. they were acting out there on the field. I don't, and I could tell that your guys weren't taking too much. Like yeah. I knew it either. So I'm excited for those. I got those games circled Good. on the calendar. I'll there be there in 12 East Corner. Getting yeah. on those umps for you. I know you mentioned that earlier. We'll be all on those umps, <laughs> on their ass all game. Yeah. I'll be on yeah. those ex-boys too. So That's good. That's good. <laughs> One last question from a uh, former player of yours. Are you still blasting ACDC in the weight room? Get the guys uh, No, no, no. I, I like that. You know what? <laughs> Those guys do. They they listen to whatever they want to. I'm fine. Same thing like in the batting cage. You don't they, play it anymore. No, no. They can whatever they want to listen to. Okay. It, it, you know we sometimes there's there's country in there. There's sometimes there's there's uh, rap music. It just whatever they want to listen to. But that's your go to. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Probably. Probably. Okay. okay. There you go. You're not listening to Gunna like the like the boys. No. <laughs> Give it a, I should say whatever whatever's playing I like it doesn't bother I just I just tell them you know some of the the, the music just the language has to be because they, they get cranking pretty loud I, I just yeah. don't have f-bombs being thrown out of the the, the stadium so you got one of the one of the songs that they like to play and you got to learn all the words to it and then just pop it off one day for the boys get them going <laughs> I might do that <laughs> it's, when, when's the scoreboard done? Well, you know the cranes on there right now. They're getting, the, they're taking the video board down right now. It's supposed to be done. Uh, we're out of town this weekend. They're hoping it's going to be done by the time we get back from uh, University of Florida. So they, they're saying two weeks to get that video board up there. Can't wait! Can't wait! Yeah, it's going to be I, awesome. I, I came I, up with one more question. Yeah. Um, in regards to the the, <laughs> the scoreboard and stadium and all of that. Uh, we had John Cunningham on on Thursday on on the the uh, BCJ pod, and I was just curious: Are you involved in any of the conversations in the renaming of the stadium, or is that just all above your pay grade? It's not above. I, again, we're we're trying to trying to figure that piece out. So yeah, I, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I've I've been a part of some some discussions with it. Uh, John's been great. He's been you know keeping me in the loop with uh, a lot of different things. We, we have a <laughs> a left field project that we're trying to do where uh, we're trying to cover our bullpen and uh, make a pitching lab in there and then have, uh, you know, to, to have our bullpen. And then on top of it, we're going to build batting cages. Right now we have two indoor batting cages. We want to try to expand that to about four or five. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on uh, right now in a positive way. We're still, we're trying to do stuff with the kitchenette in our stadium underneath the, where we feed our guys. So there's a lot of stuff going on, um, you know, with, with the, the video board, the turf, the field. Um, so it's, um, it's been, been kind of hectic to be honest with you. BCJ Sorry, stadium. It's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I don't how about, Bob, how about Bob's, Bob, Bob, Bob sponsor field. I like that one. I, I'm all for that. I mean, do do the sponsors have like a limit as to how many 
letters their first names can have. We have Ty, we have JP, we have Lee, we have Bob. Their no last name is Sponseller. I get it. I, I... That's a good question. I never thought of that. That's a good observation. Yeah, I like that's that. Good point. Goodness. Yeah. Well, Coach, thank you. This has been an absolute blast, and we're gonna. This is gonna have to become a regular thing every year as the the season rolls around. We get you on. I, I enjoy nothing more than those days when you pop into the bubble to watch football, and we get to hang out and chop yeah. it up and talk some shop. Those days are always with with you at at football practice, and then Doug, uh, Coach Martin at yeah. basketball practice. Uh, I, I love getting around and, and getting some insight from you guys in the in the golf and baseball programs. It's it's always a treat. Well, I I always love talking to you, man. So I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me on. And and uh, just let me know. Sell some tickets. Next. Sell but some that, tickets. Sell some tickets before you go. You got season tickets are I think fifty dollars for the season. I mean, it's great price. Great great venue. Uh, again, we're gonna have a good product out there this year. So. I bought much my more, season tickets. <laughs> much more enjoyable than the product down uh, on the river. It sounds like higher aspirations too. So there is yeah, that. Right. <laughs> what you else? You're not. Be? You're not. You're not counting yourself out before the season starts, right? No. No. I. I. I we're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna surprise a lot of people. I think this year. That's what I like to hear, Coach. It's been a blast. Thank you for coming on. Best of luck, as always. You can go to the Uke Board, the baseball board on Bearcat Journal, to follow. All the progress this season. Jeff Gentle does an awesome job. He does. Uh, covering the baseball team, and uh, we are looking forward to it. And uh, maybe maybe on a nice day when Kelly gets back to full health, we will uh, we'll get her out to a baseball game and, and take in the festivities. That'd be awesome to see you out there. That'd be awesome right. to see her out there, too, for sure. Appreciate it. Appreciate coach, it, Coach. Thanks for I'm coming doing, on. Thanks for coming doing on. doing nine beers and nine innings. First home game. I got you. <laughs> That's Lock a good challenge in. right there. I like Lock it. it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> don't Thanks, don't count them out. And nine hot out. dogs. Don't forget the hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Good luck Thanks, in Florida. Coach. All right. Bye. There you go. Coach Googs. Coach Googs. The man. That was, that was fun. Love that guy. Man. If you're if you're on the fence, like it, it is an awesome time. Oh yeah, I was gonna say like last year was so fun, so many like noticeable difference. When I got there in 2017, there'd be no one at the games, and then last year was so fun. Great crowds, great product. You can tell that he does a great job with his team. So I'm always gonna go. I'm telling you, a, a big portion of it was Reds ownership shit on the city, and everybody said we want to watch baseball. And we're going to go watch these guys. So we're going to go support these guys. It's a fun environment. There's not a bad seat in the house. No. Uh, concessions yeah. are good. Like, get out there and support the baseball program. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge baseball guy. That was of – the, of the team sports, baseball was my sport growing up. There you go. What, what position was I? Man, they, uh, they tried to hide me out there in uh, left field. <laughs> you were the power hitting left fielder. I huh? could, I could, I could put a bat on the ball, but fielding was not my forte. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, they I, tried, I gotta... they tried third base. I just couldn't, couldn't squat down quite as much when, uh, <laughs> when the time came. I've got a knot hole. I was a starter on a knot hole city championship team. We played it, we played at New Crosley out in Blue Ash and won a city championship. My my final year of knot hole baseball. So at least I got a little bit of, a little bit of sauce, a little bit of drip. There we go. On we the ba- on the baseball side of things. I had but, a uh, uh, 
I had a perfect game in the half kid, half coach pitch. <laughs> That's outstanding. Oh my goodness. Unreal. A lot of kids. All right. Should Combined we, uh, perfect game. Combined perfect game. <laughs> With a grown man. <laughs> yes. I told I told Coach, don't don't let up on your innings because I'm we're don't going take perfect. me out. <laughs> we're going perfect in this one. That's a timestamp. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper sources over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. And I, I just want to say, that was... It's something that came together today, and and I, I I do know Coach Googs pretty well, and it's it's my fault that we haven't had him on years sooner. Like I said, it it kind of sneaks up on you with the overlap in football and basketball, and then basketball really starts getting into their groove, and then boom, like all of a sudden it's it's the start of baseball season. And when I thought about having him on, it was like, oh shit, they 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 literally are on the road you know, for a, a BCJ pod or for one of these, uh, the BBP. So I reached out today and said, hey, let's see if he can go. The uh, conversation this morning was uh, he can be on for a half hour. He gave us an hour of his time. I think everybody should be up to speed on the baseball program and what to expect. You got to see Coach Goody quite a bit there. He's an awesome dude. Uh, great guy to talk to. Great guy to support. So get get your ass out and watch some baseball this year. Those guys deserve it. They're uh, they're a lot of fun. And, and you know when it comes down to it, like the the transition to the Big Twelve, baseball is probably the top sport where it's uh, yes, the Big Twelve and baseball is really good, but the a the AAC is really good too. So it's, the AAC it's, that's its be- the best sport in the AAC right. is definitely baseball. It, exactly. So that basketball is a huge step up. Football obviously is a big step up as well, but baseball. If, if Coach Googs gets it going this year, that, that should be nice roll into uh, year one of Big 12 as well. So, Worth mentioning support. here, too, I did want to say, uh, I just pulled up the schedule here. Um, obviously, the, he mentioned the season starts February 17th, but um, right after Georgia State, you do have a true test with a top 10 team as Florida is the next series, and you have three games against them. You can catch them on the SEC network. Uh, so something to look out for. Take down the Gators. Can't wait. Thanks to Coach Googs, man. That was that was really, really good. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I, I had a few buddies that played for him at Xavier, and they they all just said he's just an, an amazing guy. Really, really great guy. So support him. Support him because they uh, hopefully they, they keep it rolling and uh, have a big season. Surprise a lot of people, like he was saying. Uh, you guys want to roll into – I mean, we, we've talked Super Bowl quite a lot. Let's let's bounce right into the basketball. We think. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if you want to touch on Super Bowl a little bit later, we can. But I don't want to. I we're already an hour. hour. Let's keep this. Uh, let's get this train moving. Exactly. I, all I was going to ask was what tasty food you made, Chad. I, that was going to be it. But you know, we'll we'll dive into basketball. Obviously, go back and check out the BCJ pod and and whatnot when it comes to the uh, Tuesday squiggling line debacle that was uh the road trip to Tulane uh after that I, Ryan I'm gonna ask you did you try and watch that Tulane game I was watching a lot of the first half 
Um, and then the second half, I don't remember what I was doing. Cause then I, was the, I like, it was the scrambled channel game, the, the pixel game. Yeah. It was I think I, that's, yeah, that's what life. happened. And I was just like, all right. Like, I didn't know. I thought it was, we kind of have like a buggy TV. So I was like, all right, this thing's just not letting me get after it tonight. So no, it was everyone, I, all, all of us. Like, I saw, I, I was watching, I was keeping up with it on ESPN and I saw, I was like, oh, I think we're going to like win this and then i just saw we lost by seven in ot i saw vic get hurt i saw that that wasn't good but i did kind of bail on the game when all those technical difficulties were going on you know i I mean the last minute took i think 30 minutes so well i (laughs) that like you're watching the game and you're like wow that shot looks way off because you're looking at one hoop that's like too far left and then all of a sudden it goes into the one hoop that's like in the center, you're like, wait a minute. I, it, it just was, it was frustrating. So then you start to just try and listen and you're like, well, what are these jabronis talking about? Right it's like now? watching in beer goggles, Brent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. But uh, yeah, that was a. I, I said it that night. Like it, that's, that was, that was my childhood. It was yeah. watching channels you weren't supposed to watch on cable TV. Yep. That shit didn't bother me. I was, oh, I was, I was born for this. Dude, I had I saw, yeah. I, I, like I was trained in my yep. youth. Do you know how many reps you put in watching yep. channels that looked exactly like that? <laughs> like Dave said, I think I saw a boob. I yep. saw a boob. Yep. Oh I, oh, I had the oldest TV in the house growing up in my room. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I just go all the way up on the channels and you yeah. get that one channel. You're like, wait a minute. What is going on here? <laughs> you watch it for you, a little you bit longer with it. You're trying to. The, the music yeah. was always a dead giveaway. What channel was the right yeah. channel? Oh, I'm I'm turning off the music, sadly. But uh, anyway, yeah, you can't let the parents hear the music. Come on, they know they're not dumb. But, but you're, yeah. you're you know you're moving with it, trying to like catch the angle. Yeah, I knew how I watched that game. There you go. But no, that was uh, <laughs> man. I hated that. Hated that game. Then Ron Hunter acted like they were winning the national championship. Just, just the whole thing about it was just. That's who Ron Hunter is. I know, I know, but bottle it up, throw it away. The big injury, though, is, is something to really point out because obviously, I don't know. Chad, is that? Have you heard any any further news on that? I know Wes said he's going to call him every morning and and just say, "Hey, Brent, when have I, no? Come on, you know better than that to ask that question." I was asking for you to then say that's that's above my pay grade. But, it's above know. my pay grade. You know better than that. You didn't take it. But in the press conference, West did say he's going to call him every morning and say, Big fella, you ready to go today? And then keep calling him until he says he's ready to go. So uh, something to track, but obviously makes a big loss. Feel really bad for Rob Fennessy. Uh, just just you know, not able to kind of finish out his college career on a, at least playing and, and trying to help out the team. But I mean, it sucks because he had made – a significant impact in the games in the three games that he had played like you could tell when he was on the floor he had a role and he was starting to thrive in it and then boom torn patella tendon and and that's a wrap on Rob Fennessy's college basketball career which you know from the, like the way that Indiana fans reacted mm-hmm. that, that that's a special kid man like yeah. it, it, he's a special kid I got to know him a little bit better uh, during the foot injury because you would have a chance to kind of like sit and talk to him a little bit more than obviously when he's out playing and practicing. Um, just an awesome kid, and uh, it, it really, really sucks to see it kind of end like that. It does. I mean, he, he was loved at IU. 
He was a guy that, uh, you know, that did, did put up monster stats, but still, you know, he had some really big games and big moments, hit some big shots, and just became universally loved by the fan base. So uh, it, it just does it, – it sucks not being able to let him – he hit a three against Tulane. He did. And, and then he got hurt making a hustle play to deny – it, it, it's, it's just, you know, got to feel bad for him. But then Saturday rolls around. Uh, South Florida. Ryan, Aaron, Chad, through the first 20 minutes of that game, Tyler Harris hits a three. Halftime comes. Sky is falling, right? We're we're thinking, oh gosh, Tulane rolled right into this one. We're oh, it's gonna be a struggle the rest of the way. Ryan, where where was your where was your heart? Where was your head? Where were where were your eyes? I mean, I I don't know. I, I was just happy to see them kind of roll them. I mean, just, you know, because what happened with Tulane, I kind of felt like we lost that game. I thought we were going to win that one. And then watching them just kind of like slow start a little bit, but just find a way to kind of just roll over South Florida. And that's what I think they needed to do. I think it's a big confidence booster, a good way to get back on the right track. Yeah. I I mean, Aaron, the first half ends, though. They're down four, you know, 28-year-old Tyler Harris hits a three, and I, Corey Walker is, is scoring 25 points, averages two per game. I, uh, what is, what's going on in your head? Obviously, you lose Vic, and they took advantage of that down in the low post, clearly. Um, that said, though, I mean, Odie had himself a game. Yeah. Odie Oguama, Odie Oguama had himself a game, like, the team needed to lean into him and they were able to do so uh, going nine for nine. Clearly. I, I don't think that anyone can argue that's his best game as a Bearcat period end up. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's, I think that that shows the resiliency of this team is throughout the season, say what you will about this team in general, but when they have needed somebody to step up, when somebody goes down, they have found players to step up for a team that, we weren't sure how good the depth was going to be outside of the original starting what starting five. Right. Is is this something, Chad, uh, with Odie, where he knows he has to be that interior presence? He knows Vic isn't there to to fill the scoring void and the the pick and roll you know position on the team. Is is this something where you you think Odie maybe back when Vic was also on the court? He was thinking a little bit too hard about, I need to make this shot. I need to make sure I'm doing the right thing in these situations. And right now, he's just knowing that I'm in this role. I need to play it to to its ability and go from there. Because nine for nine, 18, like this is, that's a big, big time play out of someone who was, who went through a rough stretch earlier this year. I think it's just he went through a rough stretch and, and worked his way through it. Like mm-hmm. that's something when, when you've got kind of the yips as bad as he did. You got to yeah. get in the gym and, and get it figured out. And he's been decisive. He's acted fast. He's decided like I'm not. He was waiting on the defense. Mm-hmm. And well, and the more you wait on the defense, the more you're prone to one, the defense being there, and two, making errors. Because if you make a play in one second, you have a lot less time to screw up than if you wait four seconds. To make the play. So I think it's just being decisive. He's he's 
understanding what the team needs of him. Uh, also, the way that Dave is passing right now, like Dave is passing guys open. Dave is, <laughs> is passing guys for, for easy points. Um, and then we saw Odie a couple. He had two or three like actual post moves mm-hmm. where he caught it back to the basket or, or put himself back to the basket and made a play confidently around the rim. Um, Aaron wants to compare it to uh, Kyle Washington's hook, which uh, baby hook. It is a hook. It is a baby hook. I will give you that. Kyle uh, released his baby hook around his hip. Odie releases his up above his head. So that's where I don't think that they're where a normal person should. Yeah. Odie's Odie's hook is uh, a baby hook is up where it's supposed to be. Kyle would release his about his nipples. And then he would go through with the motion, but the ball was Already somewhere different than what the <laughs> defender was anticipating. I'm telling you, the funniest thing that I like the, the the most the most fun I've had watching basketball was the season at NKU. They had us on the baseline right next to the opposing team's benches. And every time Kyle would hit one of those, I would look at the assistant coaches on the bench that would just be like, what do we say? What do what you can't what are we supposed you can't guard that? There's no scouting report for a guy that shoots the hook shot at his nipple and 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 it's like a shot fake, like a reverse shot fake, where instead of a pump fake, it's like he lets it go and everybody's reacting up here and the ball's over there. Um so yeah, it's uh it, it's it, I think it's confidence. Like more than anything with Odie, he has he has developed some confidence in what he's trying to do, but he hasn't done it against a big man. Right. I want to say that he started out. I think his first points of the game was a two hand dunk where he just went up strong, and that's what I've been saying the whole time: is you have to go up two hands. Nobody those... disagreed with you. Dunk the ball. I'm, I'm just saying he's he's the strongest dude on the court at almost any given moment. Like just he's shredded. Like go up hard, two hands, done. And I think that was the confidence that he was able to build on because he finally just went up two hands. Yeah, I, I agree. But like you said, Chad, that no, no Russell Shiwa was in, in the USF game. And then, of course, Ke- Kevin Cross is six foot eight. You know, it, 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 this is against two teams, the 16 and the 18 against, you know, shorter six foot eight players. But, you know, it's kind of what you're going to be facing the, the rest of the way in the AAC until, you know, I, I'm trying to think who's got a legit real big man. I guess Memphis kinda. Um there's there's not there's not I mean they're they're all six six eight, six seven. Right. Um I mean, yeah, they're athletic and they they get after it, but but you can score at the rim against Houston if you go up aggressively, like the Bearcats did in that uh the game at Houston. But Chad, I, I know you and Dave went back and forth a bunch about penetration, this, that, and the other. I'm not opening up that can of worms again, Aaron. But I'm, I'm, I am going to say, it did seem like in the second half, especially in this game, the guards, like like Dave, you know, you have Landers. Like It, it looked like the the goal was to penetrate a little bit more, to, to find that driving dish, to, to look for Odie on, on a curl, to look for Odie sure, on but a set. The important part is to understand how it happened. Right. Off of ball movement off of a defense in scramble mode, and then you attack downhill. Like, it, um, what we were talking about is in-game situations where it's just, here's a high ball screen, turn your shoulders and get oh, downhill. Right. 
Like right. that goes back to what I was talking about is this team's strength, which is moving the ball via the pass. Oh yeah. And then when you move the defense via the pass and you've got guys scrambling, you can pump fake and attack a closeout. You yeah. can you can take, you know, a, a guy has to help on the wing and you, you kick it, or a guy has to help on the baseline. You make the extra pass to the wing and there's an angle to drive. Right. Like that's how this team drives and gets to the rim. It is not isolation, ball screen, play downhill. Yeah. That's not who they are. That's not that's not what they're good at. Right. What they're good at, move the ball via the pass, especially once shots start falling. Once they start making the three ball and the ball pops, opens it up. Then you can play downhill. Right. Like it, it, it's a it's a yin and yang. Yeah. Which which is kind of brings you up to the next point is you saw some players who because of you know rotation and, and, and kind of how things have been in the flow and lineups, this, that, and the other, who are now starting to get back into the flow because they need to, whether it be a clue, Zick Bay, and then, of course, Jarrett Hensley getting his first action since the beginning of January. And, and you're seeing them still accept the role, still accept the, you know, needing to go out there and perform. I mean, you watch Jarrett Hensley. I think Jarrett had a, had a pretty doggone good game. You know, he was aggressive. He, he had good rebounds. He was active on defense. Kalu as well played confidently, was, was you know, under the rim on a couple of looks himself, but still was always there trying tried to make something happen. Jarrett got to the line twice. Yeah. And made yeah. all four free throws. He had a drive and a kick out for a, for a three later on in the second yeah. half. It, it, it just seems as if the entire team is buying into what the roles are allocated to them. Um, and it's, so, it's something that they need to do the rest of the way because they're going to have to start to play more, especially with the, uh, with the injuries throughout the, entire roster yeah. Aaron, what do you think about jared and, and kalu the step up uh, i was obviously happy to see kalu just continue to build confidence i mean the dude has been through the gamut this season uh he's been tested uh, his his will has been tested his confidence has been tested everything that you would never want to go through he's been through this season um, and to see him just continue to build game after game has been impressive. Uh, this one, you know, he comes in obviously with Vic going down, plays more minutes than he has been. Um, I think he finished with what 13 minutes total, yeah. um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, eight uh, rebounds in 13 minutes. That's 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 big. That's big. Uh, five points, a block. You know, I mean, the the team again has figured out guys to step into roles that. At the beginning of the season, he, he was the starter, and then he wasn't, you know, and, and just to see what he's gone through to get back to this place to where they can rely on him for a little bit of offense when they need some, um, and, and rebounding, especially at that position, you know, that's, that's huge. Yeah, and, and Chad, you mentioned the passing, 24 assists, 31 made baskets. You know, Wes kind of mentioned it. It was like, yeah, you know, he liked a lot of the looks they had. In the first half, they just weren't falling. In the second half, they were falling. You see what it looks like when the offense is clicking, and well, even I mean, even in the first half, Brent, they 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 didn't play, they didn't shoot well. I thought right. they got good looks in the first half. They did. They didn't. Yeah. They they shot like crap. They still scored thirty four points in the first half. Like, yeah. they, there have been many times where we've seen a UC team shoot as poorly as that UC team did in the first half. Under thirty percent. They they've got eighteen points at halftime, or yeah. right, they score eleven points in the second half. Like, 
Now, if you are going to go under 30%, bouncing back with almost 66% in the second half, That's that'll get you, you there. That, yeah, that'll get yeah. you there. That'll well, get and, the job done. And they, they, they got to the line 16 times in the first half, too. Yeah. Which is that that's how you off. score those points with only shooting 30%. Right, right. So I, you know, it was a it was one of those games where it's okay, you did it at home, second half explosion against a against team a that's bad team. not good. Yeah. So now you go on the road. Finally, last trip to Greenville. I'm so happy we don't have to say at ECU ever again after this Wednesday night affair. I it's the the pirates are reeling as well. So you know it's, it, it'll be it's never easy at ECU though on on Wednesday, um, but at ECU and then that that Central Florida game on Sunday is going to be one to kind of be the barometer and see, you know, if, if Vic's not back at that point, how is the team going to react against the team that they just played a couple weeks ago and uh, kind of give them and, all they could handle in the second half. Well, and a team that def- like defended Cincinnati really well when Cincinnati wasn't out running in transition off of. 25 turnovers and yeah. what was it six 16 steals 16 live yep. ball turnovers yep i worry i worry about that us ucf game immensely because they they do have the components that make things very tough for cincinnati when it comes to their length uh on the perimeter and ability to take cincinnati out of their half court offense and disrupt the passing lanes disrupt the things that make cincinnati comfortable offensively yep and it won, especially because I like Vic had a really big game in that that first matchup. Him sure. and him and Hendricks going back and forth. So it's uh it'll be interesting to see because obviously uh the, the whole it's it's tough to beat a team twice in, in the same season pertains here. So uh you know we'll see. But Ken Palm's got Cincy 75-67 over ECU and then 70-66 loss at UCF on Sunday. According to KP, but hey, man, that's why that's why they roll the balls out and play the games, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, we go, baby. Um, anything else basketball wise? I, I know we're trying to trying to get it nice, cut, print proper. No, that is a uh, that is a quick paper supply timestamp. They provide products. Pre- Son of a bitch! I nailed the first one in this. <laughs> On. Come on, Chad. Um, Come on, Chad. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, cat liners, can liners, napkins, etc. <laughs> We've been open since 2009. One of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. And reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. <clears throat> I'm going to have to refund them for that read. Jesus. Bearcat <laughs> liners. Let's call it. I mean, at least it didn't come at like a weird transition time. <laughs> I mean, true. Talking about cat liners at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> this just reminds me of that always sunny in Philadelphia. Do your cats make too much noise? <laughs> Try kitten mittens. <laughs> if you want to do 10 minutes on the Super Bowl, Brent, we can do 10 I, minutes. I can't on the see the comments. Salute, Lambig. Yeah, I can't Lambig. either. I imagine that was a Coach Gooch thing. Um, I think actually Dave turned him off for Coach uh, or for, for John Cunningham. I can fix that. You just yeah, got to give me like, a minute. 
Royer and I are on the outside looking in type thing. I mean, that's just trying to pass it all and see what I do with it. But <laughs> I, yeah, not surprised, Ryan. I agree. We're always on the outside, Brent. I agree. Looking in, though, it's a, it's a beautiful glass mirror. I just look <laughs> right back at myself, damn it. But, Ryan. That's what mirrors do. Yeah. Looking <laughs> yeah, right back how, at myself. That's how a mirror works. I know. But Shit, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a one-way mirror. You guys can see me. I can't see you. It's like we're getting we're getting interrogated. We are. We're at we the are. skiff. Well, how's your interrogation going, Ryan? I've had better. Same, man. Same. <laughs> anyway, last night the uh, Bearcat Bowl—we'll call it that—was uh, was it was a dandy. It was a fantastic game uh, until the end. Until, until I, the end. I hated the call. Absolutely hated yeah. the call. Swallow um, your whistle in the end, man. Hated the call. He's uh, like looking to call that. Kind of like two like, years in a row. Two yeah, years in a row. That, that whip route is—it looked. It makes holding look a lot worse than it is because the receiver is like fighting himself on the route. So if there's any hands involved, it's just gonna look like a hold, right. like he's slowing him down. But in reality, that's just a slow developing route. And I think if you just see hands right out of that break, you're gonna be oh, he's coming out slow. Well, he's coming out slow because he's going a full 180 degree turn at full speed, and so is the corner, damn near. So. I didn't anything, like it. You, do you put anything on the corner at claiming that he did hold and, and that it was a good call? Just shut up. Takes me back <laughs> to that sportsmanship commercial. Oh, coach, I, coach I touched it. That I, and like the, the Little I, League I, World Series, like high-fiving the kid that just jacked you out of the stadium. Like, right. yeah. You know, I, good job, buddy. Like, get, I mean, get me was, out of here. Just I'm vomiting my mouth. Fact thing, you know, I <laughs> – I, I think he's probably saw more worse coming from it than good coming from it if he would have just said, like, hey, that was a trash call, blah, blah, blah. But that happens every down. Every single and, play. And, and never, like, not on the biggest Watch stage. Watch all the, the sauces plays, big plays. I, he does it so <laughs> secretly. The first know. time you call defensive holding the entire game, you call it on that play, uh-huh. on third down? Come on, man. I don't know. I I, hate I it, mean the but... Eagles kind of fucked. They messed themselves up, dude. By that punt return, yeah. you have seven guys within a ten yard yeah, box. What was that? And then oddly got... familiar, oddly familiar to the Bengals game this year as yeah. well. God. And then you got the um the Bumble. scoop score. Yeah, trying to change the ball. That's why you never change the ball in the middle of a play. You got to be out in the open. Even that, it's hard. It was the right call. <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. Uh, it was. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, we'll call it on every single play then. I don't know. I, look, I just, it was the I right. It was so it, great. There was a hold. There was a hold. So, um, question. It, like, so it, he was pretty much on the line of scrimmage. Is that, like, once once a route begins, does that take away from? No, you can jam within five yards, but you can't grab a handful of jersey within five yards. I wish we had the replay because it's not like, yes, okay, I understand. But it's not like you see him like completely grabbing the jersey off of his back. It's well, that's because they screwed up the replay and they showed the second part where he had his hand around his hip, which wasn't the call. The call was when he tried to whip, when he tried to do the 180. Here's the thing, Ryan. Here's where I disagree. 
That is a similar action to what had burned Philadelphia all night. They had done it pre-snap. This time they were trying to do it post-snap where they use motion, they go back outside because it was severely messing with the, the Eagles' man-to-man defense. Eric Bieniemy found something. So as he turns around and starts to go outside, that DB knows there's nobody over there. If he Somebody give gets, that guy a job, by the way. Get him out of there. I'm tired of Bieniemy. Bieniemy. <laughs> if he gets clear of me, there is. I mean, you saw where the ball went. There was nobody within ten yards of it. If he gets clear, that's a walk-in touchdown. When when he whipped around, he grabbed the jersey in the middle of his back to try to slow down because he knew I'm toast. I'm done. This is the only chance I have to stop a touchdown. He held him. They got burnt on it. If like I would think differently if that wasn't something that Kansas City was clearly trying to exploit that type of inside outside action, and they tried to exploit it again, would have been the third touchdown on a similar action. He threw it ten yards over his head. That's because he was. But holding, there's no pass interference. There's uncatchable. No, believe me, I know what the penalties are, but I'm just saying it was like. Doo Smith Schuster was never getting there. He was not going to catch that ball no matter what. But that doesn't Doo-doo. matter. That's not part of the, the call. It's not. And look, I say I say 95% agrees with, with our side. The guy that held him doesn't agree with your side. I think he does. <laughs> Take off your oh. Aaron Smith 10 hat. He, he was push, he was pushing the he was pushing the NFL narrative. He knew what he was saying. He was paid yep. to say that. Protected at all costs. When the Protect king the Le- when the king LeBron James gives his professional opinion, you gotta you, listen to him. You see him put his crown on when the crowd booed him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, you. Yeah. You need to get a new piece of aluminum. I do. It's true. Now just get a just get an aluminum headband. And just swap headbands. <laughs> you should. You should roll up, like fold a thing of aluminum over to where you wear instead of a tinfoil hat, you have a tinfoil headband. You should work on that. We're, We're thinking sleep. about it. <laughs> he was like, "Oh man, I, I think I can pull that off." I don't think. I don't think it'd be comfortable. My hair's got to be longer for that. Rihanna halftime show. Did we love it? I thought it was cool. The platforms was pretty cool. I like that. The platforms were amazing. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. There wasn't like that that moment of brilliance that you generally get in like a a halftime show that like like, like Prince in the Rain. No one's ever going to replicate that again. No. While it's it's raining. But like 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 Snoop and Dre last year when they when they bum 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 like when they hit the 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 still Dre day like there's there there wasn't that moment of like oh my god but but she did the job the job was to come out and play ten minutes of the fucking hits of all her she played ten minutes of the fucking hits. And then rub baby number two and said, right. Hey, let's. I did this all pregnant. You all love me. Yep. ASAP Rocky, let's go get it. But no, I, I <laughs> look, 
She completed the assignment. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, what the reason that that red blooded males are upset? Yeah, the reason that red blooded males are upset is because she was pregnant and she couldn't sex up the performance because she's got a baby and that just would have been weird. Like you know, J Lo and Shakira turning around and shaking their ass got everybody excited. Chad, there's there's a certain faction of people who would have enjoyed that being weird. Okay, but not the not the <laughs> It would have gone from 160 million people to 161 million people if she but I, I get why she, you know, it's pretty obvious why she didn't she didn't do the Rihanna stuff yeah. uh during the performance, but she can sing and look her catalog. Her catalog is unbelievable. Like, you don't yeah. think of it that way because it's been over such an extended period of time. Oh, yeah. But see, she's phenomenal. And I think that's why I'm mad. Like, I, the, the halftime show made me mad about what happened in Atlanta when they only gave Outcast like two minutes of the halftime show when it should have just been an Outcast show. It should have been an Outcast show, right? It should have been 10 minutes of Outcast for yeah. sure. I so for so sure. Rihanna, you know, I was I was about four four finger pours of red breast deep, but man, I was I found myself singing every damn song and like <laughs> she makes hits. I, I like you think hits. about it, and, and then like certain songs you remember, like a little moment in time where when you were listening to this, you were like, yep, yep. Oh man, I remember that. I remember that night in the club in 2014. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that, that one girl Aaron, that did me dirty, and I right. Aaron, Aaron, found got, love Aaron, it Aaron got the side eye right there. <laughs> yeah, but did me dirty, Aaron. Not did me. He had an extra uh, word in there. Uh, he he got a little close to that one. <laughs> oh sure. <laughs> that too, if we're going down that alley. I, but anyway, I didn't touch so, on it on radio today. I thought the commercials bounced back this year. But the commercials have been bad for a long time. I thought they were at least pretty funny this year. Well, the Dodge, one was pretty good. The Dodge yeah. Ram commercial that pretended to be an ED commercial was hilarious. With, the Sarah McLaughlin commercial cracked me up. The Bush also Light hilarious. Sarah McLaughlin. That's yeah, a wolf. Funny. Like that's that's a wolf. She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the wrong shelter, Sarah. The Steve I, Martin Pepsi one that was good. I had like to go back and good... watch them. I, I wasn't too locked in on them. Breaking Bad one was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, they did a good job. Did you guys get, get pulled by the, again. By the they had gotten They had gotten away so many times from being funny. The Tubi was funny. The Tubi commercial where everyone in the, the entire country <laughs> thought did somebody had grabbed the remote. Did it get you? <laughs> no. no. It didn't get me. Oh, it oh, got Kelsey. It, Kelsey was like, I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. It got our group pretty good. We're like, what are you doing, Peter? What are you doing? <laughs> Here, here's the dead giveaway, though, is nobody has Tubi. So everyone should have known. Right. No one oh, was clicking on Tubi. No one. Peter's that's got that's everything. never been on my screen before Peter's in my life. <laughs> Peter said there's some, there's, there's some random show on Peter, Tubi. Peter's a dick. Peter's a great guy. <laughs> great guy. A GG. All right. All she right. didn't want to share the spotlight. No shit. Would you? You get 160 million people, 170 million people watching you. No, I'd share no a spotlight with nobody. Ryan, who's saying this? I can't see the comments. Who's saying this? Darren Chad, I, Chad I, I don't know if you experienced it the same way, but the 12-year-old Max here, he was like, why isn't Drake coming out with her? And I'm like, why would Drake come out with her? You don't get paid. Right. And Drake's <laughs> trying to get Drake's trying to get messed up at a Super Bowl party. Like, 
Right. Why would Drake come out? The only person that would come out would be Kanye and just light the world uh, on fire. He talked himself out of a Super Bowl show. Man. <laughs> that would have been a sick Super Bowl. Yeah. Halftime show. No. Also, did you guys watch the Drake Sunday conversation? Oh, those oh, are I was watching. I haven't that watched was it so yet. good. Oh, it's it hilarious. Is so dude, he's taking like, off. He's getting like hey, the Caleb biggest Pre- name. Dude, Caleb's getting he's blowing yeah. up. Well, they that just did Money with, Mayweather, and he's yeah. like, "How much money do you make make a day?" He's like, "One point two million." He's like, "Can I have some?" <laughs> and Floyd Caleb didn't know is what so to do. funny. He, you know, he's a football player, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was at UNC. Mitch's, Mitch's he backup. He was Trubisky's backup at UNC. Was like, was he, he a walk on? He he was the third string, yeah, so he might have been. That might like he's what we all want Sopko to be. Sopko Nation. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. guys have comments what, now? No. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I do. You do? Oh yep. my gosh! All right, whatever. Oh, there it is. They're all, there they're is. all saying how you're just doing a f- terrible <laughs> job. Yeah, just admitted to a such history. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was a good halftime show. It wasn't. It wasn't great, but it was really good. I enjoyed it. Who would be your guys' dream halftime show that hasn't done it yet? Outcast. Okay, I'm a I'm a diehard Outcast guy. Really, it was it was just Big Boy who did it, right? So yeah. it hasn't been Outcast, right? As a I as would a collective. The other one I think would be awesome would be, and and I've got two favorite artists basically of my like formative years. Uh, one's Outcast, the other's Jack White. I'd love to see a Jack White halftime show with Meg coming back from the White Stripes and playing like Seven Nation Army, and like I think Jack White would be awesome for the halftime show. With with the resurgence of of '90s punk. Pop, like Blink One Eighty Two and Taking Pop Punk, new. yeah, yeah. I love that. Like I'm, I'd be here for like just get seven A bands collab did all of them, yeah, seven bands out that are doing like 35, 45 seconds each and hit, <laughs> hitting their chorus and moving on to the next band. Have you seen the comedian that does like the uh, like he does a, a montage of like yeah 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 it's yeah, so he's, funny he's hilarious it's so funny. That's super talented. Like people kind of like look over it because they're just waiting to laugh. But like to write jokes into a song, perform the instrument, perform the song, all under melody. Like that is it was I think it's, it's so funny. It's so he's, funny. He's if you haven't seen that, talent. go check it out. It's he just makes fun of like what the like what they would be singing today <laughs> as like 40-year-old men doing pop punk. And most of it is very wrong. Very Except wrong. they're all still <laughs> making they're also making music. Blink's still making music. Corn's still making yeah. music. Blink's um, Smashing Corn was wasn't terrible. pop punk. Corn was heavy metal. Smashing Pumpkins is still making music. Like they're all still doing it. Well, Barker from Blink has basically created the whole new era of pop punk, and he like yeah. produces it and does the drums on everything. MGK and uh, Young Blood and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm a, for I'm, MGK. MG- Roughly. Yeah, I'm a Roughly. guilty pleasure is MGK. That I love his pop punk music. <laughs> I bang that you, shit did, out. I did, heard did the you news see Megan though. Fox's first follow when she dumped him. Eminem. Yeah. Oh yeah, going right for the jugular. <laughs> Harry Styles, Timothy Chalamet, and Eminem. But the thing about M- the thing about MGK and Megan Fox, like you guys are like 33 and like, grow grow the hell up. Stop drinking each other's blood. I was gonna say, <laughs> all right, would you would you drink my blood? A little bit of a pact between us? No, I would not. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I have drank some things, and your blood yeah. is not going to be not on the list. Going to be one of those things. I think about Brian. It. What I will say is, there's Put probably a, a pretty high alcohol content. <laughs> Wait, is it before, before or after a night out? This would be uh, we stumble well, well, around while things are winding down. <laughs> Three thirty a.m. arrival. Christ, let's get back. Let's get back to sports. <laughs> yeah. Back to sports. Uh, well, well. Before we jump into the mailbag, quick, uh, quick favorite dish from from your little Super Bowl party that you were at, real fast. So it was just me and Kelsey. Uh, we went and hung out with Kelly during the day. Uh, we stopped at Finley Market on the way to the hospital. Went to uh, Eckerline Meats. Got ourselves some steaks. Mm. Uh, I got some new some new pans, uh, some new kitchenware. So I uh, I fried up the the steaks in our our new hex clad skillet. They were phenomenal. So I had some steak and potatoes. And Kelsey and I just kind of hung out on the couch and watched the game. So that was uh, that was our spread. It's the first time in maybe twenty years that I haven't had a Super Bowl party. Uh, but you know, it was it was a little You're daddy, daddy daughter, <laughs> little daddy daughter bonding time. We had I had a nice ribeye. She had a a really good New York strip, and uh, it was one of the best steaks I've ever made. So it there was uh, it turned out great. It really was the Kelsey Bowl for you guys. It really was. It really was. <laughs> Aaron food. I uh, didn't eat actually. Okay. Thanks for participating. Thank you for your participation, <laughs> Ryan. Uh, one of one of my girlfriends made a made pretzels. She made one like standard salted pretzel with beer cheese, homemade. Oh, yeah. and then she made like one of those Auntie Anne's like cinnamon sugar with the Ooh. cream cheese, sweet. Mm. Oh, she killed it. She did great. So can we can shout we go out, back to shout one out of Madison? My can we go back to yeah, one of she, my girlfriends? She's yeah, my side chick. My main, okay. my main chick didn't make anything, but <laughs> but your side chick was there and she came through with the presses. <laughs> so my actual girlfriend was there, but my friend that is a girl, is a girl yeah, made the pretzels. Right that out is, here. So that's what you call her. Okay. Uh so <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey, you're on it. Uh yeah, my my one of my girlfriends who is my only girlfriend, she uh <laughs> <laughs> She made this uh, pull apart little like you know, tasty cheese ball thingamabob bobber. Really good. You know, dip in a little marinara, a little, a little pizza sauce. Very tasty. Yeah. But uh, like, the guys, like Itali- Italian monkey bread. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Pull apart. Yeah, it was, it was really really good. But uh, the place we went to, the the host on the green egg, little brisket, and that that Ooh. sucker was. Ooh, wait, he's very good at it. And that was just brisket's uh, so hard, man. You gotta he, be he you gotta be you gotta be really good to dominate a brisket. Oh it's he, hard. Kick your I, ass. Dominating I, and brisket aren't terms I've ever heard combined before, but I like it. I I, I tell you <laughs> what, I, I told him I was like, you know, this is probably after the fifth uh you know fifth red breast four four finger pull, but I I was Telling him I would I would be in trouble if I had a green egg and would make brisket as well as he did because I'd eat the whole thing and it, it would just be very bad Sunday after very bad Sunday and I probably wouldn't be able to podcast anymore. So anyway, uh, <laughs> that was a great night last night, but it's time to hop in the mailbag and get back to Bearcat Talk and Sports. 
Before we do that, that timestamp is brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies. For all your janitorial needs, call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Nailed it. See, I just there we go. Money. Bounce back. It was hey, a bounce baby. back. Big time bounce back. That's like a second half against South Florida right there, man. I gotta let the dogs <laughs> out. So you guys get started. I'll be right back. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Baja man. Unreal. All right. Um, starting off in the football portion of the mailbag. Uh, spring practice will be starting soon. Chad and Justin and others had exceptional access to practice in the Coach Luke Fickle area. What, if anything, do we know about access in the Coach Scott Satterfield era? If Chad is unable to make practices due to hospital obligations, will the CBJ be able to backfill or get Justin to share? And Chad, your wife comes first. We got your back. If we're still in the hospital in three weeks, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. So I'm just putting that out there right now. That would be 10 weeks in the hospital. And, That's uh, also premeditated murder for those keeping score. <laughs> That's fine. I, I didn't say who, and I don't know how. Uh, but if we're in the hospital for 10 weeks, somebody's getting off. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just saying. Um, my understanding is we still should have substantial access to spring practice. Um, I have not seen a. Obviously, we won't get a, a media release until we get closer. Um, but I'm expecting to have as regular as possible, maybe not uh, the the complete, like, unfettered access that we had by the end of the Luke Fickle era. But we didn't have that access, like, year one of Luke Fickle. It was a little, you know, touch and go, getting to know everybody, feeling things out. I think there's going to be a lot of that. But I do expect that we will be at... Uh, a good number of the spring practices and have uh you know uh, regular uh continuous coverage of spring practice on bearcat journal as we always do player interviews coach interviews um we are working on uh i don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet but we had a head coach uh on tonight and there's a decent chance we have a head coach on the bcj podcast on thursday so I also want to point out it's probably, you know, looking pretty good for our relationship with the football team. When you have the athletic director on your channel, I don't know, a couple days ago. So it doesn't hurt. Yeah. We're, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. It just takes time. Like, I, I know we are in an era where nobody has any fucking patience for anything, uh, but we're going to be OK. Uh, that I promise we will put in the work. And when you put in the work. The coaches respect the work that's being done and we'll be okay. I can assure you of that. And if not, I'm going to have Royer go into Satterfield's office and be like, look, ride or die, Bearcat Journal. Down. Yeah, ride or die, Bearcat <laughs> Journal. Let's get this shit together, coach. Let's get this shit together. Nobody All supports right. the Bearcats and former Bearcat athletes like Bearcat Journal. So let's get it together. Amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, before spring practices start, who are your top three 
for who will be most improved from last season. Jaheim Thomas has to be in that top three for me. He has the tools to make the all Big 12 team. I think that's a good that's a yeah, good I like pick. that. I think Jaheim and playing in an attacking, blitzing, pressure, downhill system can be really, really impactful. I think we um, need DP to show up this year. Not that he yeah, had like he a bad year. Back to, he needs to get but, back yeah, to get back to, to good DP. Back mm-hmm. to being DP. Not that he played um, bad, think, but just not as much flash. Flash. Not as much flash. And I, I also I think, think like they, they leaned on Ty yeah. a little bit more. I think Ty was kind of more of the or, guy in that spot than DP was the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, man, it's so hard. It's so difficult to like figure out like Cam what Jones, they have. Corey Kiner. I want to go back to the defense. I think Sincere Lewis might be a huge factor. I'm going on Armorion. Armorion, uh Brian Threats could also be a guy right. that we've already seen a little bit from, like flashed a little bit that could that could really take off. Sammy. Um, a corner. One of the corners has to step up. The question's gonna be who. Right. Gotta have good quarterback play. Whoever wins Emory the battle. Jones. He's gonna be the starting quarterback. I, like, I'm saying, but I think he might be the most improved. I mean, he didn't have a great season last year at Arizona yeah. State. You're right. No one really did, though. <laughs> Shaman Mateer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. They gonna, like one of the one of the most impactful players in Satterfield's offense last year at Louisville was their H back tight end that was that was number two in catches. Uh I think there's a good chance like they they get in here and get a real look at Shaman and go, oh uh that's an NFL guy. We should probably should probably start getting him the ball. I'm yep. I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself, but I feel like he might have the type of improvement game over game that Vic has had. Shaman? Yeah. Where you see him kind of start slow, like, and then by the middle of the season, you're like, Damn. like, well, well, literally, where you see improvement from game to game to game, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, gosh. And then, and then, like, you know, the the tenth game of the year, he. No, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a, that was a good question. Though. I really what hope Cam Jones. I really hope Cam Jones. I, and we named and we named fourteen kids. I know. So. <laughs> So track them all. Track them all. Pretend it was three. Yeah. <laughs> Couple of draft questions. Number one, when is UC Pro Day, and do you have an idea on what the plan is with former players and the new staff? It's in late March. I don't have any details yet. Sorry. And number two, what's your over-under for number of Bearcats drafted this year? Five? So six, six to the Combine. That's a good indication if you get invited to the combine, there's a pretty damn good chance you're going to get drafted. I'll go five and a half. Like set the over under a five and a half and probably take the over. Just some info. I will be participating in the pro day. So for me, I'll be doing running back, quarterback, and linebacker. I love it. I wish you weren't kidding. And if you – and if you do quarterback, they have to let you throw. You have no idea how many coaches and players were begging me to do the pro day last year. Like, I think why you didn't you do it? it? Brady do it this year. Wouldn't, wouldn't stop, man. Can can BCJ mic you up for the pro day? 
and send what you would they even this do year? with me? What would they, I don't even know. <laughs> They're like, all right, just hit the pad, get the, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> why? Do, why does this kid keep raising the roof? What's he doing over there? I'd run like a four nine seven. <laughs> we need reps of two twenty five. How many are we putting up? I think my best is like eighteen. I'd probably okay. get like. Maybe 12 right now. Okay. <laughs> Maybe okay. 12 right now. But I'll squat the damn house. They wanted me to do that, but that doesn't Ryan, happen. <laughs> Ryan, I know this kind of puts you on the spot with a former teammate, but if Arquan Bush is your question mark, does he get drafted or, or does he not get drafted? I think he should. I think, I think he has a lot of good tape, a lot of reps, and I think – He's only going to get better in the NFL. Um, I think he should be a late round guy. I think if you at this level, if you start and get as many snaps as he did and have the success, I think that's going to translate to the next level pretty well. So I think it'd be a, a last day guy, but I do think a team should take. I think he's worthy of a draft choice. Either way, if, if not, he's going to be a high. Oh, he's NFL. gonna he's gonna be in the. He's yeah. gonna be. He'll be in camp. someone's camp for sure. Yeah. Uh, anyone you think that might make a camp that isn't one of those six between Josh Jabari, Jabari will make a camp for sure. Yeah, Bari um, Bari has some freaky quickness. Mets, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Mets makes a camp. Um, do you know is Do he's training? Okay, Do's training. Huber's training. Guard. Do's in Boston. Huber's in Florida. Um. Will can make a camp. Yeah, I think they all can. Ty. I think all these guys – oh, yeah, Ty. I think all these guys – I mean, they're all really good football players. They've been coached really well. They're tough. They're resilient. So, I mean, I, don't count any Bearcat out. So. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. Uh, that's the football portion of the mailbag. Moving on to the basketball portion where it's a little deeper. Uh, with UNC continuing to struggle, how concerned should we be that they'll take Wes? Uh, I would like to say that with the restructuring of his contract, I don't know that financially anybody's going to take him until year two or three at the earliest. I'd agree with that. Don't Brent? know enough to comment. <laughs> uh, what was the – with UNC continuing to struggle? Oh, dude. So their, their board is like – their board is seems to be pretty awful, Wes, right now because they, you know, they were like, didn't Wes go eighteen and fifteen and and last year and we went to the national championship. I saw his one posters saying, um, I don't know. I think it's, I mean, you got to give Hubert more than just you know two years. I know this year's bad, but I don't think they're they would fire and then well, hire Wes right away. Well, especially if you made it to the national championship in year one, you're going to get rid of him in your. Three, three, like going into year three? Come on, man. Right. I think I, I think hindsight, they wish they hired Wes, but at this point... Right I now, think, that like they couldn't go on Wes if they wanted to right now. Just because of the restructuring of his contract, it would be... And... and Absurd. Rebuilding here, like, it hasn't clicked yet. That, like, you, right. if you're in North Carolina... Yeah. You can't hire a guy that's that's tracking for the NIT in year two. Right, because you're, you're and, the most storied program, one of the three most storied, if not the most storied program in the history of the sport. And they tried going 
UNC family with Hubert. Right. And so whenever programs do that and they're like, oh, we, we already tried to go with a car heel. Minimum, minimum. Wes will be the coach at Cincinnati through the 26, 27 season, minimum. I, I said, I think two or three is when you start seeing suitors potentially, if they don't re-roll him into another contract before that. That all, again, depend on his willingness to, to agree to that buyout that mm-hmm. they all agreed to for this, this cycle. All right. Uh, the Tulane ECU game was canceled due to the passing of an ECU broadcast team member. Over the past few years, COVID has canceled games. There have been strikes and lockouts in pro uh, there it is. In pro sports and national tragedies that have canceled games, what is the strangest reason or scenario that has canceled a sporting event at any level that you have taken part in, counting youth sports too, and any oddball leagues? Uh, the weirdest thing ever for me was the 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 Friday of conference tournament uh, play when COVID hit. Uh, me, my uh, myself, Mo Egger, and Rick Boring um, were at uh, the casino, one of the casinos, the sports book in Indiana, and we had to sit there live from three to six as as everything was being canceled as essentially the world was shutting down. I remember ordering takeout from the the hotel like sports bar and thinking this might be the last time I go outside for months. Like this is this is the last food that I'm not going to make <laughs> that I'm going to eat for I don't know how long. Like we like yeah. everybody was walking through that place like zombies like what is happening? Should we all check out? Should we leave? Like we've been planning this weekend at this hotel. By the way, most people walk through casinos like zombies anyway. Of course. This was worse. <laughs> this was worse. Like, I got it was one. the weirdest. It was the weirdest. Oh, I can't wait to hear your higher ground story that's going to come from this. Oh, yeah. Um, But it was the weirdest feeling that like I've ever had. Just what... What is happening? The only thing that you could count on that day is that the horse races were going to go off and people were going to be be able to bet on the ponies. Because every college pro, like all of the basketball games were just ping, 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 canceled, ping, off, 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 off. And that was our whole point of being there was to promote the new sports book. And I, I think it was Hollywood Casino. I don't know. It was the one in Aurora. I don't know which one is which. Um, but like it was, it was so crazy to like have to sit there that whole day and talk about nothing, nothing, no games. To bet. <laughs> like we were there to talk about gambling, games to bet on, like like Xavier in the Big East tournament, and UC in the American tournament, and like all all these things. And all of it was just no. We weren't there to talk about Xavier in the Big East tournament. Because they lost to DePaul the night before. Never mind. Wow. Correction. <laughs> Mine's pretty easy. I, mean, I wasn't part of it, but the, the only thing that I can think of that I was really like watching that shocked the hell out of me was the Bengals Demar Hamlin situation. Like, oh that was a, yeah, that is. That was I was there. Fuck, that was fucking weird. I've never seen. 
I, I mean, I know plenty of people said they've never seen an ambulance on the field. I feel like I've seen that before watching a game, but uh, to see. But it was never not, like that. No, not, not nine minutes of resuscitation on the field and a player potentially like essentially die on the field and have to be brought back and all of that. Uh, and then Monday night, Monday night football has never been canceled mid game. Crazy. That, that would be the weirdest one for me too. But just like a side note, going back to that COVID, we were, I remember we're in the bubble for spring ball and we're just kind of like, there's like rumblings or like, like shit. It was hitting the fan. And like we go out there and like we start practice and we're like, it just kind of felt off. And then I don't know, we got into like team period or something. And like you saw Aaron was like walking around, like talking to Fick and you know, Fick's crazy ass. He's like, we're not fucking kids with this shit. <laughs> and, but fucking he, Aaron got through to him. He just brings us in. He's like, all right, well, we're on hold. Like you got all you guys have to go home. Like, this, that, and the other thing. I remember Joel the Blanco and I went. And, I'm not leaving. Yeah, I'm not we, leaving. We 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 go because he's like oh, the you know crazy rumors flying. He's like they're shutting down the city. My sister's friends, the cop, they're shutting down the bridge. So we're like, we gotta go get food. So I go <laughs> we get like all this all this like chicken breast. I get like I get like. Two cases of beer, some of course you do. <laughs> it's just, just like all this stuff we can freeze. And we're calling Coach Freeman, like, what's going on? Like, we were gonna get locked in the into the city, we won't be able to leave. And he was freaking out. <laughs> and we didn't, it was just like a, a crazed mess. But yeah, those are my I could talk about higher ground, but I don't want to go on a COVID tangent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine was I was in seventh grade playing football, and a, a fight broke out on the field between parents. And uh, here we go. Someone busted out a uh, a little firearm and didn't Woo! didn't didn't shoot anybody, but he was Damn. waving waving that sucker around. And they said, "All right, everyone head home," and we all left. I I just had one come back to me. Are you talking about the 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 one in the chat? No. First Iraqi war, 1990, roughly. Yeah. We were on a we were on a bus to go play a, a basketball game. And it was like, nope, not playing tonight. Like turn turn that bus around and uh take it, take your asses back home. Like all the World War, you know, World War Three is breaking out. Like I remember the panic of like us all sitting on the bus, like what what we're just here to play basketball, man. Like, th there's going to be a bomb at like this little middle school in, in Campbell <laughs> County. Like, our, our, Chad, what is I, I happening? My dad Soft was target. In, my dad was in the Marines, and I remember every night in 1990, we had to sit and watch the news to see if his infantry was being called to war. Like that was how we spent wow. our evenings. Like, that's crazy. It was weird, man. Um, so yeah, Jason, I do remember it. Just popped back into my head that we were on our way to a basketball game when the war broke out and it was like, turn your asses around and get back to school. Jason Cooper brings up in the chat, uh, the umpire who died on opening day. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And the game was canceled. I forgot about that. Like weird shit, man. I, I, I thought it did cancel the game. 
I am corrected. It didn't cancel the game, but he remembers. Oh, maybe it did cancel the game. Uh, but he had a something else happen. Playing a baseball game at CNE, getting home to Al Cowling's driving OJ on CNN. I remember that night, but for a different reason. We're going <laughs> to talk about that off the air. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we're done with that question, though. Uh, Odie. Looks like a completely different player the last couple of games and has provided great minutes with the absence of Vic, especially in post-up game. Do you anticipate they will continue to use him in this way when Vic returns, or will things revert to how they were pre-injury in regards to his usage? Um, I mean, you can, you're really only going to have one guy, like, pick and rolling, and that's where they've been the most effective in terms of feeding their big guys, and I would assume that goes back to Vic because Vic is is better at it than Odie, even though Odie is has been coming on strong. Um, you're not you're not gonna, you know, set horns, uh, double ball screens at the top of the key and then play basically three on five at that point. Um, but we'll see. I'm sure there will be a little bit more action for Odie uh, than we than we've seen before if he continues to play like he has. Uh, but I expect, Vic to slot right back when he's healthy to slot right back into what he's been doing because what he was doing at that point was, was all conference first team, all conference level. Brent, anything to add to that? No, I think, yeah. I, I mean, just they, they played well together and Odie's had opportunities in the past to score around the rim, but he just went through that stretch. So now if he's past that, Vibe from that stretch. Then now you got two guys you can pick. They and both roll with. can. So when yeah, Vic's both on the bench, it. when Vic t- sits out his 15, 17 yeah, minutes a game, both do it. you can you can have Odie do it. So that's yep. a that's a big plus. And maybe you can rest Vic a little bit more than you have been because he had been creeping up in that 30, 31, yeah. 32 minute range. Now that he's got the ankle, maybe you can play him twenty two, and and count on Odie to handle a little bit more of the slack. And Kalu some spot minutes when he wasn't yeah. playing any minutes at all before. So, yep. Okay. Uh, in terms of the latest two guard recruits, would you say Thomas is a two or a combo? And do you expect to see plenty of scenarios where he and Jizzle are on the floor at the same time? I would need to see them play together to give you the, the last part. Um, I think Thomas is more of a combo. Uh, I think <laughs> some of touting him as more of a combo slash two was that they were recruiting Isaiah Collier and Jizzle James. And you got to massage those situations a little bit in terms of the messaging. Um, But if you watch, he plays more off the ball, but will play on the ball. And I think that's probably where he, he fits here best. Um, I just feel like him and with him and, with the way that they've used Dave and, and Mike Adams Woods, I just feel like they wouldn't be shy to throw Mike is six six three with long arms. Neither of those guys are six three with long arms. The problem you get if you play them together is both are six foot, maybe six foot one. Now they're they're both athletic and and have good length, but you are small at the one and two if you play those two together. So it'll be interesting to see how much does their that's. And that's why I say I need to see it like live together Mm -hmm. to see how it plays. How much does their athleticism and aggressiveness cover for 
you can shoot over both of them, right? Like if you've just we've seen here, like when Mikey and Dave were on the floor together, teams just had impunity to shoot over the two of them. Mm-hmm. If that's the case with Jizzle and and Day Day, then you're not going to be able to play them together a ton. We'll see. But he had he had elite speed. He did have elite speed. He did. It was just all that he had. Any rumblings on the 2024 recruiting board? A fan perspective looks to be point guard, Jace Richardson, Biggs, Flory Santo, and Tyler McKinley. Just curious on who we should be tracking. Feels like 2023, we had more clear targets and recruiting battles. No, it did not feel like that. You just, in hindsight, see it that way. We did not learn of Jizzle James as a major prospect until late spring, early summer. I will be out on the road in April and May. The coaches will be out on the road. We will relay to you what the recruiting board in 2024 looks like. Obviously, Tyler McKinley is going to be a heavy part of it. Obviously, Riley Burgess is going to be somebody they try uh, to to make a play on. Uh, uh, Travis Perry, Tyler Perry, Travis Perry. Uh, (laughs) That's going to be another name to watch. Medea? Um, Yeah, yeah. It's his cousin. cousin. Hello. He just scored his 4,000th point in high school basketball, which is insane. Um, There are a bunch of names out there that we're going to be monitoring in the spring and summer, but that's why I go on the road (coughs) so that you guys have the the most up-to-date stuff. Asking about it right now, it's not a major concern right now. It will be a major concern as soon as we get to April, and we will be all over it, I promise. So yes, there's plenty of rumblings. There's a there's a like hundred thousand view thread on 2024 prospects. Go go spend a day and check that one out. <laughs> Good luck. As far as guard forward combos go in UC history, back to Final Four year. How would you rate DDJ and Nolly for production Ooh. and importance in our top four for one season together? If they'd make the top four, I'd say yes. Jeez. So this is tough. Are we talking point guard? Like, is Jacob Evans a guard? Right. So Troy and Jake, Troy and Jaron, Jaron and Jake, uh, Jake and Gary. Does Gary count as a forward? Jake and Gary, Troy and Jake and Trey, Jake and Trey. Like, yeah, uh, uh, Jaron and Trey. Like, there's a there's a lot of different like. I don't. I don't think your question is defined enough to Ho- make. Hoops that. has evolved. Steve yeah. Logan, Lenny Stokes. I mean, That's a great one. That's I, a great one. I'm just going back through the years. Steve, like, Stephen Kmart. For uh, yeah, for a while, like remember James White was running the point for Devin Devin Downey year. and James White, Devin Downey and Armin Kirkland, Devin Downey and Eric Hicks. What's a forward? What's a guard? I mean, how many people played with Justin Jackson? Sean Kilpatrick and Justin Jackson. Troy. Yate Vaughn and John Williamson. Cashmere Wright and uh, and Jaquan Nancy Parker. Gates, is he a center? Ja- yeah, yeah, he a I guess center? he's a center. He's 6'8 and 350 pounds. In the new NBA, <laughs> we don't even have centers anymore. They're just all forwards or right. guards. Right, that's what I'm saying. Voting. It's like it, there, I need a little bit more definition to this. Yate and Bishop. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, it's it's complicated. That's a that's a. But as far as being the two best players on the team, I mean, Vic is Vic is up there. I I'd say Vic's probably most important player on the team. I don't know if he's the best player on the team, but he's the most important. I would say the two best players on the team are Dave and Landers. Levitt and Bobby still... Brandon. These dogs. Chad's so mad at these dogs. Uh, all right. Uh, clearly, obviously, there's tons of choices. I don't even know that you could put a top four together. I don't know that you could make a Mount Rushmore of guard and forward before you assimilate if they're – if they have to be a point guard, shooting guard, like true point guard, shooting guard, or a uh, wing, if the wing classifies. Um, anyway, right. uh, great question, but not enough um, specificity. Specificity. Whatever that. That's a word. That's a weird word. Sure. Specificity, I think it is, maybe. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being absolute certitude and 1 being not a snowball's chance in Florida in July, rank the likelihood of Landers and Ollie playing basketball for the Bearcats in 23-24? 54.78%. So you're, you're giving it the over, not the under. Slight. 51 Point three two percent. Look, I'm all I'm all in on Landers Nolly being a Bearcat next year solely because of his weird cryptic t- tweets that he had last year, which I think we're just saying last week. Pay me last week. Pay me. I'm sorry, last week. Pay me and I'll, I'll stay. Pay me and I'm here. Yeah, Welcome I to mean, college basketball. I mean, is he gonna is he gonna make more money as a as a G League two way player, or is he gonna make more money one more season here? Uh, I, I mean, depends I think, on how much they offer him. Right. I, well, I mean, the, the easy answer is probably going to make more money staying here because the if you don't get drafted and you're not selected as a – I mean, the G League, you make nothing. He's he's a perfect European player, though. Right. But, but, he could but make hundreds still, of thousands of dollars he's, in Europe. Is he going to take his, involved, his kid over there? Like, right. It, it's he, just, there's, there's, the, it's, the, the Cincinnati Zoo is not in, in Europe, Chad. Right. He was making they have he, zoos. They have zoos in Europe. Man. He was well, it's not his the mom going to games, and I, I mean, it's just we'll see. I'm all in on it, though. I'm going 95. 51.03%. 95% from me. Landers, love, hey, you see, loves Landers. We love Landers. Come on back. Come on. I'm putting, back. A, I'm putting a unit and a half on it. Come on back, Landers. Uh, that's a Basketball portion of the mailbag. Moving on to the last portion, uh, the Banks portion. Chad, what is Ge- what is Kelly's go-to food, i.e., is it Indian or Italian? Would be probably the most Ooh. like yeah. She's a big she's a big pasta. You know all the different combos: tortellini. She loves angel hair. A spaghetti. Like a, a, a spaghetti. A spaghetti. She likes uh she's a big pasta primavera fan with like vegetables. Um so yeah, I would I would have to say she she dabbles in a lot being married to me. Like you try a bunch of different stuff. She does love Indian food, but that's more of like a uh that's more like the four. You know, you're putting that like let's throw the let's throw the uh the screwball here. Um but I would have to say like on a on the most regular basis, Italian. 
is kind of Kelly's go-to. To the delight of one Ryan Royer. Let's go. Love you, Kelly. Uh, Follow-up question. Are you sending Kelsey to military school so you don't have to hear her talk smack about Kansas City winning the Super Bowl? We kind of covered that a little bit. I told you she was empathetic, man. She, like, teared up a little bit when when she saw Jason sad. Like, it was was one of the first times I've seen her show legit empathy for another human uh, because she was sad that the guy that she was named after uh, didn't didn't get a Super Bowl, and the guy that she wants to be named after did. I thought this comment was funny. Uh, Thrifty Walrus says, the way I saw it, how does this man still have eligibility? He has completely different inflections when asking about it. Landers versus Ben Bryant, LOL. <laughs> I know that's Royer's boy. He doesn't like people talking about his boy, Ben, but... Ben's been in college for a long fucking time, man. It's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> rapid fire. It. Would you rather be stuck in a music class with a bunch of kids learning the recorder or going to a USF basketball game at 11 a.m. every Saturday for the rest of your life? I'm, I'm taking the basketball. Yeah, Tampa. I'm Give me Tampa all day. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it. I guess, like, I, okay, here's, here's the... Even if, even is if you have Brian Gregory, is Brian Gregory the coach in per- perpetuity for this? Because if this? not, then at some point they're going to hire a different coach, and maybe they're going to be in still- the American. Like the league's going to stink. Maybe they rise up finally in basketball to be like the number four team in the league. So it's not terrible. Yeah. Uh, is he the under control? Is he under contractual obligation with somebody not USF to look like a made man at every game? Yes. Hmm. Imagine being the NIL god for the USF Bowls there every Saturday at 11 a.m. Tampa would flock to you. Yeah. The Buccaneers would call you a king. I actually, I have a good friend that is a big, big, big donor at USF. So I could make that work. I could make that work. Tampa's You're in Tampa. Great city. Like this guy's been, this guy's been deeply connected to USF for like thirty years. Like I, I'd be fine. I'd be fine at Tampa. To be a USF. big donor, to be a big donor at USF, by the way, all you have to do is donate of dollars, a thousand dollars a year. He donates hundreds <laughs> of dollars a year. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm the biggest donor <laughs> here. I'm glad you saw exactly where I was going with that, Chad. Uh, Simpsons or Family Guy. Family guy. Family, family guy. guy. I'll go family guy. <laughs> it's just it's more guy. fun. Look, I, I, the Simpsons are great. I don't have any hate towards the Simpsons. But if I'm going quotable, family, yeah. like family guy. Yeah. Family guy is so Meh. wrong. Have you guys seen the, the, the multiverse episode of Family Guy? That yeah. still has me just yeah. dying laughing and, every time. Yeah. The Star and, Wars one's great. Yeah. Ryan, I'm going to kick this one to you first. PBR or Bush? Bush. I think PBR is trash. Brent? I've never drank. I don't know that I've ever drank either. Your, your hips are enough, Brent. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a place at, at IU called House Bar. It was open when all the other bars closed past 3 a.m. All they would serve is PBR on draft. And boy, oh boy, I slugged, I slugged enough PBR for a lifetime. I'm going to go PBR. <laughs> I'd probably go PBR. I'm not familiar with either. If it was if it was Bush Light, 
I'd go bush light, but give me PBR over bush heavy every day. Bush heavy is a whole different world, man. <laughs> That's That's bear. 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 Bear would go PBR. Bear approves. PBR. No, he approves. That's the mailbag. Very good. You know what, guys? We we flew pretty smoothly throughout the, the show tonight. There was no reason to ever try and fix anything that was wrong with us. To you know, nothing was really broken. We didn't need to get the oil changed or anything. So you know, shout out to Danco Transmission and I don't care. Head over to Danco, get ten dollars off of fixing, ten percent off your next change. Danco Transmission and I don't care. We love you. And that's it, guys. We good. We're good. Yeah. I missed. I, I I was reading through quotes. There's the overlay. Wrong one. There's the right one. That's hey guys, the show. Well, big, big thanks to Scott Guggins. Big thanks as always. Awesome. To <laughs> it was awesome. It was a fantastic night. But hey, guys, yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearCatJournal.com. See ya!